First, let me start with this. Welcome to the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Listen, we paid money to People Magazine and they came back and said that the Who Moved My Freedom podcast is actually the sexiest man alive in all the fantasy realms. They checked all fantasy realms. Okay, they checked Wakanda, you know, uh, they checked Zamunda, they checked uh, the Smurf Village, uh, Hogwarts, right? All the fantasy realms, you name it. If you name a fantasy realm, we are the sexiest man alive. I, we're, not even a, we're not even a man, we're an organization over here, a show, a podcast. I'm a man, my guests are men, there's some men and women out there. You guys should be watching the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. I'm going to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for the email list over there. Check out Lola's deals. Lola's working on that um, all the time, improving that for you guys, posting up good deals. Um, in the Strangeaholics tab, you can also find all the different places, uh, on like all the different platforms we're on. There's a link to Ballistic Inc. on there. That's where you can get your Lot Lao shirts. That stands for Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. That's what we are and who and, and uh, what we do over here. That being said, oh, also, let me not forget this. Make sure you guys check out U.S. Law Shield. I've got the Florida uh, gun law book. Do you have one of these, uh, Puerto Rican Pistolero? Yes. Yes, we do. There you go. Uh, I figured that you would actually have one of these. Mm -hmm. um, but check out U.S. Law Shield. There's a link in the description. You guys can go there, get some good deals. Sign up for that. Also, uh, send a couple of shekels our way. Let me throw my guests up in here and kick off the opening. And here we go. Welcome back to the Hank Strange situation. Okay, Life guys, don't forget to subscribe. Smash the thumbs up. Ring the bell so you can be notified when we're live. We are live. Cigars are getting... Sp or whatever that is. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. Everything's getting sparked up. We're live. Come on, let's see jazz hands. Let's see jazz hands if hands are available. Mr. Coolio Smooth. Okay, hold on a second. You got to keep the jazz hands going, Tony. There you go. There you go. Coolio Smooth. Tony Simon. He's, there's his jazz hand. Uh, we also got Puerto Rican Pistolero. Oh, wait a second. You don't, you don't like that one? That's horrible. That's old school. That's old school. Coolio Smooth. Do you remember, do you remember sir, Coolio Smooth? Coolio Smooth. You know darn well you are from the Coolio Smooth generation. Don't even... Might as well call me Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Listen, we are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 757. That's right. 757. That's an airline, isn't it? Airliner? Uh, it's, a, it's a plane, yeah. yeah. Boeing makes it. Yeah, mm -hmm. 757. Uh, my guests are Tony Simon of 2A4E. Second Amendment for everyone. Uh, Tony, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much, man. We are really, really busy here. Um, working on getting... Uh, I started this thing in 2015, and until 2020, I was doing it every other month uh, in New Jersey. We've grown to the point we're doing it multiple times a month, uh, and we're in Pennsylvania and multiple locations in Jersey. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations to you. Um, also joining us, Puerto Rican Pistolero is in the house. What's up? PRP. How's it going? Good, man. Good, man. Glad to have you guys here. The show is sponsored. Oh, it's a pleasure. It, the pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. Um, you know, I'm. it's Friday. I'm glad uh, Lola made this combination because I'm kind of... You guys are going to have to 
you know, uh, people, I don't know whether people could tell or not, but I'm kind of low energy, so. Um, kind of low energy, so I need you guys uh, to lend lend some energy here. Everyone out there, smash the thumbs ups. It's Friday for crying out loud, okay? Don't make us uh, come over there and put the smack down on you. Smash those thumbs ups, you know, ring the bell, share it out to your folks, all that kind of stuff. These guys will make this um, a special, special Friday. Always. Um, yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Um, so many different places that we could start here, but let me see. Uh, oh, Special fuel coming up. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> <clears throat> He's crossing hey, the streams. He's crossing the streams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tony's crossing. Ooh. He's going, <laughs> He's going all in. Straight to the head. Uh, hey, dude, you're going to do it. Do it. Yeah. Special K says, have you guys talked about what happened to Kentucky Ballistics? Yeah, but Chad is uh, talking about I was just talking about that with Joe before yeah. we came on. Actually. You guys want to start there? Who wants to fill everyone in? Uh, Tony, are you familiar with what's going on? Yeah, actually, and I've uh, shot one of the rifles that he had blow up on him, which is a Serbu. Mm -hmm. What was it, SB-50? I think that's the mm -hmm. name of it. Right. And um, <clears throat> he was using slap rounds, which I think are like the armor-piercing rounds from the latest generation of armor-piercing rounds. Mm -hmm. So yeah. he was using regular, you know, the 50 BMG you pick up at Walmart. And uh, sadly, after three or four rounds, the rifle exploded, hurt him badly. Uh, on a Serbu, you screw the back of the breech on. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. It's pretty much a tube with a breech in the AR-15 lower. Yeah, I'm not a fan and of that, actually. And he screws it in. Yeah. And the thing explodes and shears mm -hmm. all the threads sends the the breach itself or the butt plate whatever you call that yeah into his face breaks oh. his orbital or, orbital bones all around here and where it connects to the ar-15 lower sends that into his jugular mm -hmm. um so of course he goes down because he got punched in the face his dad is there who also is named scott and his dad you know helps him come to through and says you got a hole in your neck he shoves his finger, he shoves his thumb in his own neck to apply pressure. And they get him in his vehicle, and he and his dad's driving him to the hospital when Scott, Kentucky Ballistics, decides to call 911 and meet them halfway to the hospital in the uh, ambulance. The ambulance takes him straight to the hospital. They do a life flight, and he stays in the hospital for over a week, I think, mm -hmm. until they mm -hmm. let him go. His fingers ruined. Um, they had to put pins in, I guess, multiple fingers from the video I watched. Not yeah, just that, that video is. I, I looked at that video. I don't want to see that video again. <laughs> no, no, you watched a dude miss mm -hmm. death by this much. Yeah. Um, uh, they had to put multiple units of blood. Eight, seven, eight. Yeah, I'm rolling in pictures right now, um, so uh, just to show you guys, this is serious. I'm glad he did it. I'm glad he put this out there. I know it was tough. It was emotional uh, to yeah. put this stuff up there for everyone, and forgive me for for showing this to folks out there. He is okay. He, uh, you know, he's recovered now to put the video out, but that w he came really, 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 really close to losing his life. I mean, really close. And... When you think about it, <clears throat> because people try, and including him, he's trying to make sense of it. 
mm-hmm. you know, what did I do wrong? What, what, what could have prevented this? And mm-hmm. he came to the conclusion, which pretty much any of us, any of us who shoot surplus ammunition can, you can't tell what, how it was stored. You can't tell if anybody mm-hmm. maybe had some real slap rounds or put some together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and did their own, uh, uh, I can't even, hand loading. You have no idea. And, and it almost killed him. And did he go back out there and shoot again? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, he's mm-hmm. aware that, and he's a Christian, and he, he talked about it, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, God saved his life. I mean, that's the only reason he's alive. And I thought that was cool. I heard some negativity on he should never have done this because now he's going to be the new tech scrubner. And I'm like, not really. What is I that? Mean, um, okay, you're going to have to clue me in on. Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> if you know uh, Tech Scrubner, he's a YouTuber. Um, mm-hmm had a dorky reputation chubby guy used to wear a cowboy hat had a big old uh, uh tom Selleck old school mustache like what's the lead singer the queen um, freddie mercury freddie mercury. Yeah, freddie, yeah, mercury. freddie mercury yeah he had a freddie mercury mustache chubby dude and he was mm-hmm. doing quick draw with his 1911 and shot himself through his leg while he was making the interview uh the review and said oh i shot myself through my damn leg or something and then he limped off and said i gotta call my mom and it just became this meme in the firearms industry and, and gun people. And they were like, oh, Scott just did this to himself. And I'm like, nah, it's totally different. He didn't mishandle anything. He did. I mean, truthfully, it's just a lesson, man. And mm-hmm. uh, he called Mark Serbu, who makes the rifle that he used. And a 50 cal. Okay, these are his numbers. I thought they were higher. He said a 50 cal is like 50,000 PSI in the chamber. And Mark said for that to shear completely off and hit him in the face like it did, it had to be over eighty thousand psi. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff on this. Uh, um, did you want to add something to this, Rolando? Before? No, no, uh, Tony. That was that was yeah, the whole story. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the thing, as Tony is saying here, and I see someone who is it? Uh, Alan Powell says. It was both the gun and the ammo. The ammo was incorrectly loaded, and the gun didn't have proper design to keep the shooter safe during catastrophic failure. Um, if you look at the video, I think that Kentucky Ballistics, um, you know, said the opposite of that. And um, obviously, this is all opinion. So now everyone's gonna, uh, what is the saying? Monday night quarterback. Monday morning quarterback. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's going to probably try to jump on it, including us, including us. We, and I think that's fine. I don't think it's a, a, a crime to do that. Um, I kind of agree with him that it probably, if I think he did more than three rounds, right? For me, looking at that video, he did maybe five or six. I think the last one, like he kept going, oh, okay, I'm going to do another one. Um, and there was something weird going on. And he really couldn't figure it out. And I think he said that uh, that it was because that that whole thing happened because of the muzzle device, right, on the 50. And that round probably hit it and all this back pressure, whatever happened there, right? And the, and the gun blew up. But so we all, t- we all run the risk when we make video shooting guns of bad things happening. And um, this is kind of like the nightmare. And if you shoot guns enough bad stuff is going to happen it's like numbers you know and you try to do everything you could do to mitigate uh the risk that you're taking and all that kind of stuff but the numbers of you doing something over and over again bad things are going to happen actually guns are going to explode i've had guns explode (laughs) 
on me before not as big as this that is part of the factor here of shooting a big mm -hmm. gun if things go wrong a smaller gun you know um you're you're going to be a little bit safer because the parts are smaller and the pressures and all of that but it could definitely happen he's really he's really fortunate in lots of ways um if he didn't have on eye protection to even try to slow that thing down I think mm -hmm. I think he's blind in that eye, in the right eye, right, right now, temporarily. But, Said it's blurry, but yeah. Yeah, but vision mm -hmm. is vision is coming back to him. Could have been a lot worse than that, man. Um, but and, and it could just uh, here. Here's my thing. It could happen. I think I kind of agree with him that it's not his fault so much. It's not necessarily the gun. It's you know. It, this is like an old uh, surplus round, and you don't know what you're getting. And I think we all mess around and do that, right? So there's all the things that you could go, hey, when this thing is going wrong, maybe you stop. Maybe you take a look at this. All of those things, I think, are valid. But in the nature of us doing what we do, all it takes is you missing one or two things, of uh, like warning signs of what's going on and stuff goes wrong. So I agree with that. Um, that aspect of it, um, I don't know if I've ever fired that kind of 50. I don't think so. That kind of, uh, what do you call it? Slap round? Yeah, slap round. Yeah, explain that I've to never... me again, what that is. <clears throat> it's an armor-piercing round. It's the newest generation of armor-piercing round. Okay. Um, I've only read about it, you know, tertiary. You know how you fall down the mm -hmm. uh, information rabbit hole on yeah. the internet, right. and you mm -hmm. click on 50 BMG, and then you yeah. end up clicking on different things. And I think yeah. the slap round came out of Germany, um, but that's what it was used for. I think I looked it up because I saw it on sale once, but it's $100 mm -hmm. a round. Jeez. Okay, yeah. I will probably never shoot that round unless it's someone else's. Um, and yeah, then, exactly. so he was shooting that because he was shooting at a fire hydrant. Um, you know, like it's man. I think that ultimately, ultimately here, you could just this kind of stuff could just happen if you do it. If you do it often enough, it could just happen. I think that if you want to talk about the gun, I have to first tell everyone I'm not a fan of Serbu or uh necessarily that particular gun it's kind of i don't think serbu actually um made that gun wasn't that what's the name of that other that kid that used to just build his own guns and then he and this is the gun that he designed i think serbu bought the design from him or something like that oh you really um that? what was the name of that the guy got you he got pulled that? off of youtube right um i think he sold his channel to serbu from what i heard Okay. Uh, and and walked away from everything or so something weird like that happened. But um someone will tell me out there the name of uh what's the name of that guy? I can't rem I, I cannot ex exactly remember his name now, but this is the kid who always built guns, which I'm with that. You know, he always designed and built his own things, I'm with that. But the idea so this is one thing I know about engineering because, you know, this is like the uh the degrees that my dad had and he kind of drummed it into my head. Um, the point of least resistance comes into play when when uh, guns blow up like this, right? So the fact that you're that you're unthreading and threading back in where that where that round is going into every time, I think it probably um, raises the likelihood that something like if something goes wrong, something like this is going to happen because mm -hmm. that is the point of least resistance. 
Yeah, so. I mean, it's a tube and it has a breach. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's as a front end or coming back in your face. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. found that crazy. And, like, yeah, you were right. He was shooting it and um, mm-hmm. the point of impact kept changing. Yeah. And and when you're shooting a 22, that's no big deal. But when you're shooting a 50, yeah. well, that's a whole different world. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm genuinely like, first of all, I'm really happy that this guy survived, made it and put this video out there. It's cautionary for everyone mm-hmm. to think about that, you know, um, and I agree with, like I said before, I agree with what he's saying. I'm just, you know, those of us who are looking at this from the outside, yeah, it's easy for us to go, oh yeah, I would have, you know, I would have know, I, I would have done something about that mm-hmm. in in the process of making videos, all the different things going on in your mind, you know, not actually seeing 100% what's happening downrange. I think when you look at the video he edited together, he was making a shot going down there and looking at stuff. You don't necessarily put everything together. So from us looking at this is all I'm trying to say. I have no blame for him or anyone else if you are from looking from our point of view it's cautionary if one a crazy ass round like that don't shoot through a gun like this don't shoot it through the most this is probably like in the ranking of 50 bmg rifles <laughs> this I'll is probably the, the least expensive <laughs> i'll give you the price 850 when they first came out yeah Oof. so it's a not it's eight thousand yeah, Barrett's yeah. 8,000, you know, uh, the SHTF-50 from Safety Harbor Firearms could potentially be somewhere between 1,500, 2,500. It's bolt action. It's made completely differently. You know, the nature of how this gun is made, I don't think I would mix. I wouldn't even put uh, stuff that someone loaded 50 BMG into there unless I knew who that person was and how good they were and I really trusted them. Other than that, I would just shoot like regular ammo through it. If you're going to shoot some kind of crazy ammo like this, that's probably not the gun to shoot it through. I understand what you talk about, and I kind of, I mean, I agree with you. It's not even kind of yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When things go through military testing, all right, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the strength I'm looking for with something like this, mm-hmm. if I'm going to use it. But again, for someone as tactically thrifty as myself, you will not see me firing $100 rounds of anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it's someone else's. Yeah. Um, Agent Entropy says hospital stay, 800000 Oh, my gosh. I, wow. I wouldn't even want to see that bill. But it, wow. it's, it, 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 what I mean, I, I we don't know if that, that that's the price of the hospital stay, right? I wouldn't even want to see that bill, but I could tell you this. It don't matter. Yeah. When they have to, when they bring a helicopter in, I'm sure it's big. We're yeah. talking rapper money now. Yeah. It doesn't matter though. He's alive. His family is thankful for that. I'm sure he's thankful for that. You know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Not at all. No, it doesn't really matter until later. Until la- at some point you go, "Oh." Right? If you hopefully he you had sell a lot of t-shirts. Hopefully he's got coverage and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, man, it's expensive. Um mm-hmm to to do all that stuff uh man the the big thing i could say about this from my point of view of making gun videos this is like my biggest nightmare when we're two things in here one i always worry because sometimes i do this i go out and shoot on my own because there's like there's the pressure of oh i got to get this video done for whatever reason and i go do it on my own and i always worry about that like if something happens and and from what he said and if you look at that thing it like 
man, mm. that was a crazy, yeah. like that gun grenaded, you know? And so he said he went down on like his uh, hands and knees, but he didn't, he, he was in too much shock to know what was going on with him. And as Tony said, if his dad wasn't there paying attention, you know, he, yeah, bleeding out is how you go out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I worry about that. And and I would say to people, if you can, when you go out there to shoot, you got to have a shooting buddy if it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Look, use this entire thing as a cautionary tale about mm-hmm. what to do, what not to do. Um, because I don't think the guy did anything horribly unwise that anyone else wouldn't have, would have done. I don't think he was reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just almost like tolerance stacking. It was this decision on top of this decision on top of this decision, and everything was a little off to almost lead to death. There was nothing yeah. there. Like, even even though, like, like I said, from us looking, knowing what happened, the fact that the gun was shooting off, oh, that's a signal. But if you're in the moment of that, it's probably not a signal. Yeah. It's like, I got surplus ammo. Um, I'm shooting it through this rifle. Maybe it's just, you know, the spin is not right. Mm-hmm. Maybe, who yep. knows? <clears throat> you, you say all kinds of things. I mean, we've all shot mm-hmm. lower caliber stuff that mm-hmm. act goofy. Yep. And sometimes it's like you said, you can look at it, well, the gun's $850. Is that $850 quality? Or could it be not the gun, but it's not going to be that accurate for an $850 Eight, gun? Like, there's something that's yeah. going to give. That's perspective. So I, you're, you're going to lose somewhere. Yeah, you're going to lose yeah. somewhere. So either well, what, he did, not, <clears throat> what they did with you is they put a pre-sale. They put a pre-sale out, and they were like, "Pre-sale is eight fifty, but you know the rifle yeah. itself is like sixteen hundred. Yeah. I don't if you yeah. bought it after it came out. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I don't know what it is, but I'm not trying to. So the thing is, is that it's perspective on eight fifty, right? To some people, eight fifty mm-hmm. is cheap. To some people, it's expensive. Um, let's put it in the category of fifty. That's why I said category of fifty BMG rifles. It's yep. probably on the the entry level yeah. money wise mm-hmm. um, end of it. When, as Tony said, like Barrett's, and then there's a like I've shot uh, fifty BMG guns that are ten grand. You know, there's, there's a whole there's a whole big mass. And this gun's more expensive than that, right? Maybe twenty mm-hmm. grand or whatever it is. So that's the scale of it. Um, I just I think ultimately the design of that gun with the where the back screws in and that's where you're putting your round is not conducive to being able to handle pressure yeah it's gonna vent right there where does it vent yeah Yeah. and again i'm not a weapons designer at all and 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 i'm monday morning quarterbacking like everyone else Mm -hmm. um but i'm thinking i would have shot the walmart rounds only because it's it's american eagle you know what i mean that's from federal cool but when you get into the armor again he went he, he, he was, was trying to go for around he was trying to go for the hydrant right to the 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 pursuit of making a cool video which i'm not yeah. knocking him for it's like the audience out there wants to see the 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 badass cool videos right so yep. this yep. so i'm not trying to say that it's wrong for him to go in that direction there's a reason why he's very popular i don't i don't know kentucky but i'm not going to pretend like i don't have his number or anything Last time I saw him somewhere was at the Gundy's, um, and he was really nice. He's a really nice guy, you mm-hmm. know. Um, 
uh, very humble and all that kind of stuff and talks to anyone and you know he's, he's a cool dude it's just that this is this is the job this is the job that that he's chosen to do and this is how he's doing it and it's just what i'm trying to say about this is this is probably what's going to happen if something goes wrong with this like so for example a lot of people don't like um uh bullpups right because they say oh well you know if the bullpup just the whole design of it your face is right there if something goes wrong that's you know that could be a, that could be a bad day for you well if you look at most bullpups the design of where that pressure is going to go if something goes wrong is not actually going to blow up in your face like that. Okay? Because that's the strongest point of the gun. Mm -hmm. You know? So, for example, um, uh, Babyface had um, actually a bullpup that I sold him from, um, what is it, RFB, and he put a hot load in there and it blew the back, the butt pad out. Because that was no. the weakest point. All the pressures, mm -hmm. the gas pressures went there, blew out the the uh, the butt pad, right? So, and I think I've even seen that in other guns that, that I've shot. Something went wrong, pressures were wrong, or something like that. So, that's the problem, though. Like, what happened here is something went wrong that you cannot predict. You don't know you're walking into. And pressure works like that. You know, they say, like, uh, Jamaicans say this. This is where I got it from. Pressure bus <laughs> pipes. Pressure bus pipes. Yep. Pressure bus pipes. Yeah. What's what is this gun? A pipe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, but it's funny when people because it gets me. I'm a contrarian, so sometimes mm -hmm. when people say something, I just reverse it. And people always say that about but well, your face is right there. I'm like my face is right there. Almost every gun I have, my face is right there. My AR, my mm -hmm. face is right there. Uh, mm -hmm. My handgun, my face is right there. It's not against the gun, but like that slide's coming directly back to my face. When I have mm -hmm. a sight, we all take that chance. But the design, like I've I've, I've heard about people shooting, <clears throat> they they dropped a forty into a nine, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And yep. somehow it went yeah, off. 300, 300, 300 blackout and three hundred blackout. Yeah. And what it does is blow out the mag, because mm -hmm. that's set up to have that happen. And they have the weak points built in, almost like uh, what do you call them? Crush zones on a car, mm -hmm. on newer yep. cars. Same thing. So with this by your face. Yeah, there was no he, got, he got hit with everything. If you look at that, that's why I said I can't really. That's tough to look at because he got hit with everything. He got hit with that with the cap, right? That's mm -hmm. one. Um, the uh, the lower just grenaded. The um, the stock came at him. <laughs> came at him at the other side. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's, and I, I'm with yeah. you, dude. I'm I'm not watching it again. I'm no. just not. No, it's, no. I watched it and it was nope. Yeah, it's a it's a cautionary tale though that we should just all be careful. Try to look out for each other. If you notice something that someone else doesn't while they're shooting, at least speak up and go, "Hey, we might want to stop and think about what's going on here, um, or yeah, what forget, we're doing, or the what light. we're shooting." Yeah, forget the light. Well, I think it, the, just hold on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a good lesson now too, especially because you know if. It's a lesson that if somebody like Kentucky, who obviously does this all the time, can still be victim to, you know, maybe it was bad ammo that he bought. Maybe it was a freak round. Um, how is it for all these new gun owners out there that are buying ammo? They're desperate to buy it. They can't find it. And how many people are peddling bad ammunition out there, possibly? Uh, so that's something to watch out or, or cheap ammo and things yeah. like that. It's so it's just something else to look out for. And like you said, have a shooting buddy. 
and just be careful with what you're shooting, especially surplus yeah. stuff. If it's been stored for decades, like some of this stuff uh, that you buy sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. be careful. Yeah, uh, I was actually teaching a class and we had an SKS, my SKS out there. Mm -hmm. And the bolt came apart, like blew apart <laughs> inside the gun. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're like, what the hell happened? And then that's what happened. And this is a Yugo, you know, SKS military surplus using the 762 by 39 regular ammo. And it just, boom. <clears throat> now I was able to go get another bolt, put it in. But I still keep that bolt because it had stressed out, ovaled out. And that's a dependable firearm. That's a military surplus firearm mm -hmm. that's built to take abuse. But then if you think about it, I think mine was from 56. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's half a century, dude. I have no idea who used it, who yeah. bubbed it. What's the metallurgy? <laughs> yeah, what's the metallurgy? You never know. Listen, or even if that bolt was from the original gun, it could have been taken from some other surplus gun and thrown in there too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right now it has a bolt from a China. It has a bolt from a Chinese gun. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's what it is. There you go. Yeah. Listen, you know these aren't toys. Um, even mm -hmm. in, the, in the movies, they seldom take the risk of shooting like live rounds like we do often when we're out there shooting, whether you're making videos or not. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's just a risk that you step in there and you take. You need to be careful. Things can happen. And so many different things. I know I see some people out there saying, and I've heard it um, in the stuff. Like I posted, um, I posted a funny meme to try to like kind of you know uh, make fun of him a little bit, but at the same time congratulate him on surviving that whole thing and then putting it out. And then people were saying, "Well, I wouldn't shoot 50. I I don't. I I shoot 50 all the time, probably more than he does. And I know that's I'm like a brag. Big, I know that's like a, that's a big YouTuber and all that kind of stuff, but you know, um, it's and and fifty is not a fun round necessarily. It's fun to shoot, right? But you know, there's there's a lot involved in that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but things could go wrong in so many ways that I don't think it's just a fifty. Things can go wrong with anything. Things can go wrong with a twenty-two with anything mm -hmm. and something bad could happen and come out of it and ultimately if you did all the right things like for him the the the, the things that they were great was that his dad was there and they both had some kind of understanding of uh, medical you know like emergency medical response and they did the right things they didn't wait they started moving you know he uh he he blocked where most of the blood was coming out from all that kind of stuff um it's just one of those things I should tell us. We probably all need to do uh, more medical stuff yep. and be more Definitely. careful, you know, and just, yeah, man, I think ultimately it just comes up to the universe, God, whatever you believe in, you know, that, um, that, uh, that your time was not written on the scrolls, you know? Yeah. I mean, and so. I agree with you 100%, dude. We we all need to not only have medical, but uh, have our friends and the people we shoot with have it too. Mm -hmm. um, and also, if you train in it, you might not fall apart when a poop hits the fan. You just watch an explosion. I mean, that was his dad, bro. You just watch an explosion happen in your son's face. He's pumping mm -hmm. blood out of his jugular. And he kept it together. Everyone. His kept dad it together. is badass. I, I, I don't. Yep. I've never met him, but this is a badass dude. 
Yeah, man. Not falling apart. It's mm-hmm. like getting help, doing the right thing. That the That's dad, a lot the, of it. The dad programming kicked in, man. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. again, cautionary tale, but get some training so you're not guessing what to do. Also, have a plan. Mm-hmm. If this happens, this is the medical kid over here. Like, what do you know how to do? When you're watching a jugular go, he did the right thing, direct pressure, shoved his finger in it, yeah. held it down. And, and and also, could I say one more thing? Get mm-hmm. modern medical, medical training. Mm-hmm. I had my Marine Corps medical training, but in the time from when I was in the Corps till I got out, tourniquets went from you only use a tourniquet in the worst case scenario at the mm-hmm. last possible minute to you put a tourniquet on immediately. Yeah. And, and, and that's a 180 degree shift, which something yeah. they told us would, would kill you. So I'm like... Get yeah. modern medical training. Don't depend on what you heard in the Boy Scouts in 1992. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, uh, when did you go into the Marines? Just out of curiosity. 88. 88. Okay. Yeah. That's when I was graduating high school. I mean, we were just a couple of years, uh, a couple of years uh, before we got into the <laughs> 80s. They were still putting um, ice picks in people to treat them. <laughs> you know, it's hey, which doctory. This is how fast uh, mm-hmm. medicine changes. Yeah, changed quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I graduated at seventeen. That's I, I turned eighteen in boot camp. Mm-hmm. So things have changed quickly. And again, they told us to use a belt as a tourniquet. And now, I mean, I carry a tourniquet, an actual tourniquet, with me because I know a belt. It's kind of sucky at it. I mean, that that's the worst ditch medicine, mm-hmm. worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah. Get training, please. I mean, yeah. uh, it, a lot of it's free. A lot of it's inexpensive. Um, some of it you can even pull up on YouTube. I'm not saying it's as good, but at least you have an idea of something. Yeah. Um, and also, and I would just say, man, I don't see, I don't see anything like uh, super bad um, on his part in that video. So I hope people don't like get into all that kind of stuff. I think ultimately, you do these videos, you take risks. You know, you shoot guns, you take risks, right? You do yep, these yep. videos, you take risks. Um, you know, it's, it's just the nature, the nature of the game, you know, and the more you do it, the more you get into this stuff. So, um, uh, Vanessa Kitty said something that I think is pretty important. She yeah. said she's used her medical training way more, you know, mm-hmm. since she got out mm-hmm. and, and I have too. Mm-hmm. I have too. And I, I think you don't know. Like yeah. the first time I had to use medical training, I was 16 and my mom was taking me to school and we witnessed a car accident. Mm-hmm. And this is before there were cell phones. So my mom had to leave. She left me there with the lady who had the accident. It was bleeding profusely from her forehead. Uh-huh. Um, but it had stopped, but it was still over her face. And my whole job in my mind was to stop her from going into shock. Mm-hmm. Just so we sat there and we had a conversation. Keep her talking. And, and Stay calm and stay talking until the ambulance arrived. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, that was because I'd read first aid books as I was a reader as a kid, a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. And I I read that shock is one of the biggest killers. Mm -hmm. So if you keep people occupied and that's Mm -hmm. what I did. And that was the first time. And I've done it many times since you don't. A lot of us go, well, you know, if you put holes in people, you have to be able to, you know, stop holes you know after mm-hmm. someone gets wounded mm-hmm. i'm like dude it's car wrecks it's your kid falling anything, on a yeah. playground it's yeah. anything people get hurt stuff is this coming is at training. you every day man every day this and, stuff we do and, and as cooking. gun people we're 
Yeah, and as gun mm-hmm. people, we are good guys. We, we do stuff that a good guy does. Well, don't mm-hmm. you want to be even more useful to your society and your neighborhood mm-hmm. just by having this ability that you may never use, but you may have to at the drop of a hat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and, and I would just say, man, of all the shooting and stuff like that that people do in the gun community uh, for lots of different reasons, right? The, the people that we don't see and the people that we see, all the training, the videos, the different things that are happening, um, thankfully, we don't, we don't actually see, there's probably something happen every, happening every day, but we don't really see bad things like this happening all the time. Um, it's just one of those things, and, and absolutely, um, every single day life <laughs> mm-hmm. is more dangerous. And anything can oh, happen yeah. to you at any moment. When I think even in the context of, of shooting, too, uh, we're more likely, you know, we do competition shooting, things like that. I've gotten hit by shrapnel, you know, mm-hmm. several times shooting steel in competitions and things like that. Uh, and I'm just some, you know, person that's done it a few times just as a hobby. So the more that you do it, the more exposure you're going to get. And you're more likely to get cut and have to use your first aid or, or mm-hmm. something like that just from that going on and even in competition shooting a lot of people reload their own ammo so you're more likely to have squib rounds or things explode i've seen it happen before too and so it's just it's part of uh part of the territory and you just have to be prepared for it yeah uh, and let's admit and not be afraid to talk po- about it yeah yeah because i think sometimes it's gun people oh sorry tony yeah no no go um, ahead you're right go ahead yeah, sometimes as gun people, we're afraid to talk about anything that like sheds any negative light on, on you know, shooting or the dangers of it because we're always so afraid that the other side will use any sort of neg- negativity against us. Like they're they're already willing to lie, so why give them ammunition? But you know, you have to let people know. It's like that's like being a car enthusiast and telling people like, well, if you drive without a seatbelt and you go over the speed limit on like normal roads, you're asking for bad things to happen to you. It's the same thing. It doesn't mean that that's not saying anything bad about driving or, or enjoying fast cars. It's just the truth. So you got to treat people like adults. It's like you're you whether you want to be honest about it or not, you're dealing with something that's literally blowing causing an explosion inside of a pipe that's shooting a piece of metal out of thousands of feet per second like that's that's a crazy thing and you and you have it right next to you so things can happen yeah absolutely absolutely and it's things can happen just by you being alive and getting up yep. uh, every day breathing even if you try to stay in the house plane could fall out of the sky or whatever so yep, you know exactly. and also we're very, we're part of one of the safest sports out there I mean, the firearms, firearms, sports, firearms, related sports, very, very safe. Yep. Stuff happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, I don't want to like, uh, you know, just yep. keep pushing that. I am genuinely happy that he's okay. You know, um, he's he's pretty badly beat up there, obviously, but he's okay. He, he got back on that horse. He's still, you know, he's out there shooting. He's going to keep doing his thing. You know, you guys will still see videos from him. You could go out there and support him. I think CJ, was it CJ that said um, that, uh, I know he's selling a shirt. I saw that in the video. What is it? Like, keep a thumb in it or something? Or just put a thumb in it? Put a thumb in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you guys want to support him or whatever, just look at the videos, um, you know, and encourage him to come back. The biggest thing in this whole um, industry that keeps me doing this is the folks out there the actual people who appreciate what we all do 
you know, the people who, when they see you, they encourage you, or the people who look at the videos and leave comments and all that kind of stuff, that's the biggest thing. So if you guys want to, you know, do something to help out, there's a whole range of those kinds of things that you could do, starting with uh, just encouragement. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it there unless you guys want to get any more into that. No, I think I think we're good. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see what else you tell, tell me about it's Friday, man. You guys tell me because, you know, even though I'm tired, obviously, you see, I can run my mouth. So you guys tell me. <laughs> What uh, what else is going on that you that you're all thinking about? Uh, let's uh, let's start with uh, Rolando, because obviously you know me and you, Tony, we we can run our our mouths. You know. Oh, you don't know about Ro? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Get him going on a rant. Get him going on a rant. <laughs> he's, Tony, he's, Tony probably, knows, uh, he's probably a little bit low energy today too. It's Friday. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, well, Tony knows that I go I go on my own rants to, to the point where Rhonda Mary was coming on. I she, think she came into our chat a few weeks ago on our show, and she's like, you just got to start another show so you can just do rants. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, I can rant about things that I can't talk about on this show because this is a yeah. two-way show, and it's going to go uh, way too often. I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering who's more ranty, you or Joanna? Hmm, both of you. You guys oh, are gonna have me too. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's good. The problem is, I usually just get started, and then she just looks at me and she's like, "All right, he's he's gonna go." <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just talking to the chat, and then by the time that I'm like done, she's like, "All right, let's talk about what the chat's going on here." But I I love it when she goes on her rants too because she gets yeah. passionate. So you guys don't typically go at the same time, right? Like you don't get mad at the same time. Like if you're already mad, she's like, "Oh, good enough." Uh, or if she's I don't know. Already I guess don't. I don't know, Tony. As somebody that watches it, what do you think? I guess it's a little bit different when you're on the inside of it. You don't notice certain things. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they've tagged Team Ranted before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's tagged in before. Uh, it's great yeah. because I got to see it live when we stayed together in Vegas, which was hilarious because uh, mm -hmm. I remember the first time <laughs> went off. I'm in the corner like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, it was great because I'm used to me doing it. You know, I have my what is it, Mad Minute, on my podcast, mm -hmm. and it's never a minute. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> it's, it's so far. I think the longest one was 15 minutes. But yeah, mm -hmm. I love a, I love a good rant, man. Especially <laughs> time, when somebody time travel. <laughs> oh, dude, it's hilarious. And um, yep. Ro Rolando uh, actually has a much better vocabulary than I do. <laughs> and, uh, what was the anti-libertarian? What was what was the word? Illiberal, illiberal, illiberal. Yeah, I was like, yeah, wait cool. a minute, what the hell is it? I had to Google yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Illiberal. What? Did, uh, okay. I, I'm not, not liberal. Sure. Yeah, not not yeah. liberal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. When I go uh, on, when I go on my rants about like the Democrats and all that stuff, I'm like, they're not even liberals anymore. They're illiberal. They don't believe in anything. Yeah, we're back. We should be. We're not back. I'm frozen. Whatever data cap or whatever I had on that device, which is always my fear of like, I'm going to be on uh, doing the show and then run into that, run into that crazy wall. So let me know if you guys, um, if you're all still out there, um, let me know. Uh, definitely. It's just me right now. So yeah, I'm going to have to wait for the guys to call back in. That's what's going on here. I think I probably 
Uh, did I burn through all the data on that device, Lola? Yeah, okay. So it looks like, let's see, is this, okay, here we go. Okay, we got the guys coming back. Okay, we're having some troubles here. So just bear with us for a second. Um, I gotta put these guys back in. We're waiting for Tony to dial back in here also. What's up? Sorry about that. That's definitely me. I burned through whatever uh, data cap I had. The internet, man. Please, <laughs> I, I cannot wait for Starlink. You know, I really, 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 really need Starlink for crying out loud. It'll definitely work for your situation. Yeah. When is Starlink going to get turned on in Florida in the beta? You know, somebody let me know because I really, really need it. Um. Agent Entropy says, on a buffer scale, you're H2. <laughs> uh, Richard Maunder's back. Yeah, so everyone, just come on back in here. We're waiting for Tony. Tony probably has to uh, dial us back in here. We're waiting for him. Also, I'm sure he'll be back. Um, yeah, man, th they don't even play around. You know, sometimes, like, they let you, when you hit that thing, they're like, oh, we'll give you, we'll let you go another gig. Or, no, those guys just smacked me right upside the head right man. away. No mercy. No mercy whatsoever. Okay, here we go. We got Tony back in here. There we go. All right. All right. They can't keep us down. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, there you go. We got a super chat from Rain. Let me hit the... Money, 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 money. Money. <laughs> <laughs> who, knows, who knows who that is singing there. Uh, big thanks to Rain. So... Um, uh, shout out to Rain out there. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, I'm just gonna, uh, yeah, Lola, I think we're good. I think we're good on that. Okay. Seems to be running good now. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Doe says Tesla Starlink is working up north. It's gonna be decades to, to crawl down south or something like that. No, mm -hmm. it should. It's supposed to. They're supposed to turn it on in the, like in June or July. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know. That'll um, be awesome. Yeah. That's Gorillas and Guns, by the way. That's him singing on the money, money, money thing. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> so I'll give people. Cho we got two choices right now. You could get the applause, or you could get the money, money, money. So there you go. I'm just gonna put it up for a vote. Yeah, I'm well, you know, so if someone gives us money, you could say, hey, I want the applause or I want uh, Gorillas and Guns Golden Voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, all right. So let's see. Um, what's the what's the next thing here that we're getting into? Um, next subject of what we want to talk about. Uh, any uh, cool gun stuff? Any other any gun things going on out there in the world? Let me see what I could find. I don't really. I know. I, I'm excited about something that's happening, but I don't think it excites most people. What is it? And that's it? Uh, CZ taking over Colt. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That is pretty cool. So, I'm like, have they, is the deal already, uh, is it all done and signed and official? I think it's all done, signed, and official. And the first thing uh, they're talking about the Anaconda again for some reason. Um, I don't know. It, it seems to be interesting because you know CZ owns Dan Wesson. Dan Wesson mm -hmm. puts out that one revolver 
357 revolver with the switchable barrel. So yeah. who knows what they're going to be doing to join those forces. I mean, will they just keep Colts separate and improve the quality control and everything with their new line of snake guns? You know what I mean? Um, what about the Dan Wesson uh, 1911s? Like, are they going to get better? Are they going to move to be built at Colt's factory? Are they going to mm-hmm. stay overseas and be built there? I mean, mm-hmm. are, yeah. is Colt finally going to freaking innovate? That'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Colt hasn't had a really new handgun design that was successful uh, yeah. since the 90s. Yeah. Let's try to center yourself a little bit more, Tony, so we could. Uh, just a little left, bit. Right. Uh, go, no, the other oh. direction. Other direction. There yep. you go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, a little bit. You went. You okay? Right there. Uh, the other way. Other way. Other way. More the. Uh, there you go. Boom. There you Perfect. go. Yeah. Yep. Sorry about that. Um, Just changed the batteries out on my uh, optic and my flashlight. Yeah. All we could do is speculate right now. I think that um, I mean CC is probably a, a high value brand. The Colt has got the mm-hmm. probably the most recognition. Yeah. Right. It's an older brand. Been around yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see. Do they actually innovate? What do they do? You know, I, I, I wonder if it's a. Um, does Colt still have a big enough name? Because I'm kind of thinking of like millennials and the younger generation of shooters. Like, uh, look, there's always the 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 stereotype and the meme of like hipsters shoot CZs and all that stuff, and you know hipsters are like the younger generation. So, did CZ? Like I think this is better for Colt than it is for CZ in a way. Like because did CZ really need like a legacy brand to help them? I could see how they can definitely improve Colt, um, and I think it's great for Colt. But I'm also wondering like it will be interesting to see what CZ does with it, or do they think there's still a big enough market that they can, uh, you know, capitalize off the name? Yeah. Well, CZ started producing here now. They're making their stuff, and yeah. uh, they were in Kansas City. They started making more stuff here. So giving them another production facility in America mm-hmm. also helps them being uh, against being uh, maybe a executive order shutting down guns mm-hmm. coming from overseas. I now mean, that's, are, that's why that's why they, IWI started making guns too. Yeah, exactly. Here and um, um, you know, for example, Walther etc. has been doing it for for a while, but. You know, are they going to stay in Connecticut? I think they already said they're mooting there. They're not going to stay in Connecticut, right? Or we There's don't no know anything officially. There. Yeah. Because that do would be a problem their, to be in Connecticut, I think, in the first place. Do, do they keep the military contracts, too, that Colt has? With, you know, making them fours and stuff like that? Or is, I don't is think that spun off? I thought that went that? over more to FN in the last... Yeah, that, that's why I was wondering. Because yeah, I was uh-huh. saying, maybe that... I could see that being CZ's motivation, to to get into with U.S. military contracts instead of, you know, dealing with, you know, just the Czech military. Mm-hmm. So, bigger market. Hey, listen, it'll, it'll be made here. Um, it's mm-hmm. a quality company that all also has European contracts, mm-hmm. military mm-hmm. contracts. So they yeah. know how business is done. Uh, they yep. know about quality control. They know about uh, what ISO 9000. So, hey, listen, it might be a good move, again, because of a legacy brand name. They may sell yep. more police police forces, foreign governments, and even our own government with cult. That's true. Yep. For, so my, my take on a lot of this kind of stuff, it's really difficult for us to know mm-hmm. unless we talk to people inside the companies that tell us directly what they're getting up to. The truth that I can say to you from from what I hear 
uh, behind the scenes is there's a lot of big name companies that don't really have any money that have mm-hmm. mismanaged things. And so we're probably going to see more deals and things like this happen yeah. um, in the next couple of years, right? Because there's not, and some people, for some people are taking like what's happening right now with everyone buying everything to get out. But there are companies that just don't have the wherewithal because of this kind of like rip sawing that the gun market has been doing for the last um, several years. They just don't have the wherewithal. They haven't been able to keep up. They haven't been able to keep up in terms of innovation, design, manufacturing, or they've overspent, uh, overbuilt certain guns that didn't such Just all kinds of craziness happen. So ultimately, it could just easily be a situation of CZ did better with their money. They have money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colt obviously didn't do so well. They don't have money. It gets sold, and no one knows what they're going to do with it. <laughs> Moving well, forward. Colt has a long history of just blowing money out the yin yang and really mm-hmm. not coming up with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't believe me, uh, the Colt Double Eagle and the Colt All American are just two mm-hmm. nightmares they built back in the day, mm-hmm. and um, pretty much they depended on wars to bail them out, and and that's not happening now because they lost the contract to FN. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but understand, we have a buttload of gun companies now compared to. 20 years ago compared to 30 years ago we have gun companies on top of gun companies especially the small ar-15 makers uh the custom makers of everything so yeah i mean sometimes industry corrects itself or or goes back to what it was it's just that's how it works yeah um it's it's gonna be weird i think the next couple of years and a lot of stuff that we that we really can't see is going to come to light. We can't see it now. It's been happening for a few years. There's a lot of weird stuff. And yeah, I would think that everyone... It, it, you would have to be really terrible to not make an AR-15. One. <laughs> to not yeah. make a good AR-15, right? You have to be like a real horrible, almost deliberately messing that up. So yeah, there are a bunch of companies making it, but there's... It, so Colt is... A, there's no special thing about them going on out there. Um, you know, they I, just, I, go ahead. they had that dancing pony, dude, and they put mm-hmm. so much into it. They were like, oh, well, this is how much our rifles cost. Remember when they were doing the retro, their own yeah. retro mm-hmm. rifle? Yeah. And it was like well over two grand. And I'm like, but brah, yep. you're, you're bringing me used parts from the Filipino military because, I, you know, I, I interviewed the guy at Colt while we were at the Great American Outdoor Show. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm looking at him like, okay, you keep this nice, <laughs> keep it above board. But I'm like, you give me garbage, dog. I mean, you give me used parts yeah. from somewhere, or I can buy a brown owls that every part of it is new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why would I buy uh, the, the, I mean, ma- the magic? Yeah, the magic of it being a cult is only on those diehard guys maybe who served and used it or whatever kind of nostalgia that they had going. Like when I started, um, I remember Yak Yaz, I used to do a lot of videos with, only, only could use a a 6920. (laughs) Like I served with Colts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I served, I had the 1911 Mm -hmm. and and the Colt uh, M16 A2. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so? So when I built my clone, I have a M16A2 clone, uh, M16A4 clone, 
uh, out of a Sabre defense kit. Sabre defense was, uh, went bankrupt or had to sell all their assets off. And uh, I, I got hooked up with someone who sold me um, everything but the lower receiver. Okay. So uh, I purchased an Arrow Precision lower receiver that says M16A4 on it and just put the rifle together with a you know civilian kit. Actually, I used a Geisley uh, trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the DMR gun, 20-inch barrel. I'm mm-hmm. cool with it. I'm happy with it. I'm not going to spend my money on a Colt or an yeah. FN because to me, that extra price wasn't worth it. I was able to get this firearm, put it together for about half the price of either one of their you know, DMR throwbacks, you know, military forgeries or whatever you want to call it, any of their clone rifles for half the price, less than half the price. Yeah, the name no. the name brand is not magic anymore. But you know what's the big other thing that a lot of companies missed? Um, a lot of companies think all like the, the the their core market is military or government contracts. Hasn't been true for a long time. Yep. Yeah. You know, make the guns that the civilians want. <laughs> or maybe they see, or maybe uh, if you want to get more nefarious, maybe they see the writing on the wall and they know that eventually the governments are going to crack down on the civilian market. So they're just like, why are we going to waste our time when they're just going to take, you know, either well, crack down. The end result of that is innovate. you have to sell like the oldest, one of the oldest. Wait, Colt. Colt has got to be the oldest surviving manufacturer, or at least in the top five yeah. oldest, right? No, it, it, yeah. it, it's Colt. It's Colt, Smith and Wesson, Marlin, Winchester. I mean, those all came out in the late 1800s, but I mm-hmm. think Colt was one of the first ones comparatively. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Remington, because Remington had their revolvers too, and they went into the Civil War with Remington revolvers too. But mm-hmm. most of those companies aren't around yeah. anymore. So that's massive, man, for that company to be sold. That yeah, Colt should be buying companies, not being but sold. If you, so. That's if you ever listen to a European hit. company, it's yeah. not like Ruger bought them or some or, or Smith and Wesson, which is what you would have expected. Yeah. A company yeah. from yeah. outside of America came into America and did it better than you, and they're uh-huh. buying you. That's the big news in that. And we all saw it for a long time. Like there's nothing here that's a surprise, really. Mm-hmm. Right? No, no, you know, nothing. So. Nothing. <clears throat> um, what was it? Ruger was trying to buy someone. Ruger did buy someone. Ruger bought Remington, didn't he? Parts of oh, Marlin, Marlin. Parts of, yeah, they yeah. bought. Yeah, they bought the. Uh, was it Marlin that they got? Yeah. So got Remington Marlin, got yeah. broken up and went to a bunch of different companies, and we haven't really. This all happened early in the year, and up till now we haven't seen anything. Well, where, where are we? We're still kind of early in the year, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're about to get into to May here, but uh, we probably won't see anything coming out of all those different companies peeling off. Maybe the end of the year, maybe early next year. Because right now everyone's just trying to put guns out there or or move inventory. Yeah, you know? this isn't a time for uh, to just put a large part of your budget to innovation when mm-hmm. anything you put out will sell. I mean, yeah. why would I put my money in that? Yep. Yeah. Um, Kathy Music Lover wants to know who bought Remington Ammo. Someone uh, there was a company that bought the name, but that was like a whole kind of crazy mixed up kind of thing wasn't that like the guy who was once running remington then went off and got some other company that's really based in canada to come back and buy the factories right that remington had in uh where was that like upstate new york remington yeah so 
yeah, some weirdness happened there. I don't know what that really means. I don't think it matters. Right now, with what's going on with ammo, any company that has sense that got into the ammo game can change the whole thing. If they really have sense. You know, mm -hmm. if they're really being smart about what they do and they're not overextending themselves with getting buildings, uh, getting equipment and hiring people, you know, because at some like depending on what happens here when the pendulum swings back and that could be admittedly it could be three years or so before that pendulum swings back, mm -hmm. then maybe there won't be such a demand for ammo or whatever. So, well, you know, Vista Outdoor purchased Remington. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it Vista? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Vista. But someone bought yeah. the. So I think that out the the company from Canada is the one that bought the factories, right? But mm -hmm. yes, yeah, so there was Wait a, a there was a group that bought the factories, but they're based in Canada. But the oh, person, uh, I'm just I'm just scanning the lines. Uh, Eighty one point four million for assets. They bought Remington Outdoor Company Inc.'s ammo and accessories business. Uh, Vista is obtaining the ammunition manufacturing plant in Lanoke, Arkansas. Okay. Someone bought the factory in New York, but that company, from my recollection, that company that bought the factory in New York is um, mm -hmm. is a Canadian company Canadian. That, that does airsoft or something. or Oh, really? Or paintball. Hmm. They do a lot of stuff <sighs> in that realm. Um, but the but the person who's behind that is a guy who already worked with, there's some weird stuff going on in all of this that who know uh, by the way do you guys realize that the, the the firearms industry is one of the most shady shysty industries that ever existed <laughs> 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 oh yeah mm -hmm. uh, and listen you know it, it's crazy it's crazy if you really see what's going on um, in the industry. It's not just NRA that's messing around doing all kinds of craziness. <laughs> Trust me. There's a lot of crazy uh, behind the scenes that people don't realize. You know? Oh, yeah. Including that I think to, to speak to Rolando's uh, conspiracy theory there of some of these companies are, you know, trying to like sell into what's happening because, hey, it doesn't matter. I think that was that you, Rolando, that mm -hmm. was saying that. I think some of that's happening. I think I think that certain people are in a position where they're rich enough that they mm -hmm. can just bail out of certain situations or yeah. become turncoats if they don't care. And at the end of the day, they'll be like, well, if they're going to come after my family, um, screw it. Like, I'll sell the gun company or I'll sign on to whatever law as long as I, you know, I mean, I care got money. Yeah. Yeah. They got money. Some some of these companies are just owned by like holding firms or investor yeah. groups. So they don't have any sort of loyalty to Second Amendment. It was just like we bought this company because we thought it would be profitable and we don't really have any like moral or political affiliation of, of it. So if it becomes mm -hmm. inconvenient, we'll dump it or do whatever we have to do to maintain profitability. Yeah. If that means well, that we have to make single shot rifles, uh, we'll make single shot rifles and that's it. You know, yeah. we don't care. And I don't think it's everyone like that, like I said, no. but there are some people who are like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's just the way it is. I think that's in everything. Uh, Kathleen Music Lover says more shysty than porn. Um, as shysty, as shysty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the problem that we get into is that we treat brands like it's like sports teams. People become extremely loyal to it. And it's like it's really nothing. You have a loyalty to nothing. It's a brand. It's a business. They really don't care about you when you think about it in a lot of ways. They care, they care about you in the extent of 
they want a a product that's good enough quality that will keep you coming back to keep buying their product um you know that that's probably the extent smaller companies i think care much more about their clients and what they do and about advocacy but the larger companies it's like look man it's about the bottom line like we don't make that much money off these things anyway so you know it's it's like what what do you want me to do (laughs) and and i think that we just we get upset about it but we saw what springfield did and i think any i think a lot of companies would do what they did uh, especially if it meant survival or a competitive advantage that's why big tech is such a big problem because it's not that they you know have to do anything it's that they'll lobby for other companies to get laws that are advantageous so even if you get rid of you know uh, if you do reform on regulations they'll be like well we make so much money we can pay whatever taxes or regulations you throw on us but our competitors that are small can't afford that so that's fine we'll still be the top dogs even if you yeah. like taxes 50 percent mm-hmm. yeah so I, and I think also there's just people. So let's say you started a company a hundred years ago, and you had passion and all that kind of stuff connected to it. You cared about the Second Amendment, whatever. But you get old. You get ch- yeah. children. You get grandchildren. You get great grandchildren. They don't give a crap. Mm-mm. I don't know where that's coming from. That sound. That's not on my end. Yeah. Well, what is it that they say? Like uh, wealth typically lasts three yeah. generations. So you've got obviously the person that starts it and builds it. They care about it. They're passionate because that's their baby. Mm-hmm. Then their kids, they might still have seen their their father or mother or whoever started the business work so they can see the fruits of that labor and the benefits of it. But even they don't have that firsthand necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, from building it from scratch. And then their kids have no connection to it at that point because mm-hmm. their parents were probably caretaking it. And now they're just like, well, this has always existed. I never saw any of the work that went into it. And mm-hmm. I just reaped the benefits. So they squander it or don't care about it. Obviously, that's a simplification, but that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. A lot some of times. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what happened to cult. That's one of the things yeah. that happened to cult because, um, you know, um, Darn, I can't even think of Colt's first name. Samuel Colt passed away early, um, mm-hmm. and he had he left his wife and his son, and his son was not about that life. His son was about partying, and uh, mm-hmm. died early on. And other partners took over Colt, and it just became corporate early. And that's why they made such bad decisions because they did it for money. And like mm-hmm. I said before, it took wars to bail Colt out. And that's the only reason we even still have one today was because of that. Um, I think Ian or some Ian on uh, Forgotten Weapons, maybe Mm -hmm. uh, someone did a story on the history of cult. And it was like bankruptcy to war breaks out till they get a contract till the war breaks out. Mm -hmm. They get a contract. And that was their thing. Was it CN Arsenal? It could have been could have been forgotten. It might have either one. But I mean, Mm -hmm. truthfully, follow both of them and Mm -hmm. and you'll learn a lot of history. (laughs) Yeah, you uh, will. Yeah, if you can and, remember all those details. Yeah, yeah, that's right. why we have it's like, college, it's like a college course on guns when you watch yeah. CNR. Arsenal. yeah, I, I've that's never why watched we have a video. YouTube, though. Just look yeah, at it. I was like, look. I watched an hour and a half long video on the history of like World War One bolt action rifles. I was like, whoa, what what just happened to me for the last two hours? I feel like a scholar on on, on the Great War. Yeah, yeah, he's a good yeah, guy. So, I love yeah, him. He's, man. he's, 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 before. he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, we never we never had uh, Ian from Forgotten Weapons on the show. I'd be happy to have him on, but we had CN Arsenal. He's a nice guy too. Uh, I got to meet him real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I fanboyed out to him a little bit, and he fanboyed out to me, which was really weird because I'm which like, Wait a minute, you know, who? Awesome. Ian or um, <laughs> um Othias. Othias. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I saw yeah. Ian at uh, whose booth was it? Who makes that the Flux? 
I uh, saw him yeah. at the Flux uh, booth online uh, when we were out at Range Day. And mm-hmm. uh, he just pelted me with all of his brass. So uh, when I bought, I purchased the book, uh, the M16 book uh, by Larry Vickers, which Ian helped him write. And uh, I asked for a special edition. I asked for it to be signed because I paid, you know, that money for the first 200. And I was like, I'm going to give it away. Can you sign it? You know, thank you for supporting the second is for everyone to a 40 podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Yo, Ian wrote me a letter back too. Uh, inc- Larry signed it like he said he would. Cool. And, and Ian wrote back on the inv- invoice. Hey, good luck with what you do. I was like, oh, that is so cool. That's like, awesome. That yeah, was part of the deal. Yeah, go ahead. I, I ran into him at like I think it was outside the ATI booth or Brownell's booth. He was just going around. I was like, "Oh man, that's Ian." And Joe's like, oh, "We got to take a picture with Gun Jesus." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, no. uh, but Ian really is nice. always Ian's always nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's uh, a nice guy. For, for the most part, most uh, the gun guys out there are cool and mm-hmm. you know happy. There's some people so. who believe that they're bigger than they actually are, but that's that's. That's a few people. It's a few people. Most of the dudes I find are cool people, mm-hmm. happy to have people even recognize them. <laughs> yep. You know, so, um, yeah, but Ian is definitely, Ian is a, definitely a good guy. And Othias is a nerd through and through, man. Oh, my goodness mm-hmm. gracious. Yeah. I still yeah. remember oh, that yeah. picture you and I took, uh, Hank. Huh? The what? Hey, some NRA. You and I took a picture. Me, mm-hmm. you, uh, Weird Beard, and Ryan... Uh, damn, I can't even think of Ryan's last name from Handgun Radio. Oh. Um, Ryan McChad. Okay. And we took the whole, uh, he took these pictures and I've been using it to make memes oh. for like four <laughs> years. Oh, really? I have to see this. I can't even remember. Oh, dude, I did one in black and white and called this Soul Food. Oh, <laughs> it was wow. just like a Where Korean hip hop pop band <laughs> on my IG somewhere. Oh. Dude, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes I see people's pictures, like throwing up pictures. I'm like, oh, I f- totally forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot that. Hell, I happened. forgot we were on the. I forgot we were on the panel together in Vegas. Yeah, I saw you through. Well, how long ago was that? That was a couple of years ago, right? What, what Vegas thing? The Vegas yeah. thing was when we were on last, the panel together. Last yeah. Year. Oh, that was last yeah. shot show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the one with all of us together had to be 2016, 2015. Hmm. With the with the four of us, I just mm. thought it was hilarious because you right. didn't know who anybody was, and you were like, "I'll take a picture with you. I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I just take pictures, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it out in the put it out in the universe, and then I look back, like, "Oh my god, what happened to that guy? <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. I have a picture with me, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Precious." Um, Oh, Taren. oh, Taren. Oh, Taren Tactical, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so I have a picture of me, Taryn Butler, and um, I so made a meme, and I just put precious moments from 2016. <laughs> 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 I was like, you know what? I won't even put this out. I made it. Every now and again, I scroll past and, that and gate, laugh. That gate in your brain actually worked for once. <laughs> it's like, dude, you have no idea how many enemies you can make just by putting this out. Oh man! But yeah. it's still funny. Yeah, I know that. I know some some crazy stuff happened with uh, Taron, but he's actually, you know, in person. Uh, I've always found him to be cool. I've never never found him to be like he's one of those people who will talk to you and all that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly, and be nice. Oh, that's everything. why I didn't. 
That's yeah. why I didn't poop on him, dude. I mean, it's yeah. funny to me. It's funny to us. Yeah. But it's, you know it's how the even internet weird. wants to take some, it. Yeah, some of the stuff that happened mm-hmm. is even weird and creepy. But, um, yeah, but the the dude, in it, like, in all my times meeting him was never messed up. Mm-hmm. I spoke to him for 20 minutes, and he told me about Keanu Reeves and his firearms training. Mm-hmm. And this was when they first released that video. And I just thought, I'm like, dude, I'm not even recording this. Then I was like, yeah. why am I not recording this? Yeah. <laughs> it is what it yeah. is. We have, we, I think, I'm pretty sure we have a video with him called Gun Fu or something like that. With him talking about that and showing us the guns. It's a weird situation. Every now and then there's, you know, something that happens with someone and you don't mm-hmm. know, like, this thing or that. And I think one of the problems in the gun community uh, if we could stray into that realm for a little while, is that it's kind of really, really old school, and it doesn't function completely like other communities do, where I think things should come out. People shouldn't, you know, if you do something wrong, badly wrong, you should get called on it, and it doesn't necessarily happen like that, and so you might not know. You might be dealing with someone, and for all you know, that person's cool with you and whatever, Mm -hmm. but there may be all these things going on. So there's no way of knowing until either this thing blows up and happens or you run into it. And actually, to be honest with you, a lot of times people run into things and then it never comes out. No one talks about it. Everyone, you know, sweeps it under the rug or whatever. And I don't know, maybe every community is like that, right? Just it's a kind of a thing that we do as human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I don't think everything needs to be thrown out um, to the audience because stuff has nuance. And all of a sudden, you're having people pick sides over something that's not black or white. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, how's this? I'm an adult. They're an adult. This is none of my business unless it's some horrible, horrible thing Mm -hmm. that they did. Yeah. There's a few there's a few lines of things that we should not tolerate. Like one of the things I think is that people shouldn't use their and this is like a there's women obviously in the gun industry right and there's women in in powerful positions but there's mostly men right there's mostly mm-hmm. we, we shouldn't people you shouldn't use that power against them i don't believe in slavery or using any kind of influence you have over other people to make them bend to your will especially in in a sexual manner that's just not mm-hmm. right definitely yeah so this you never heard of marriage huh uh well <laughs> you know <laughs> there's there's contracts you sign and you go into it willingly one of those is called one of those is called marriage <laughs> but you know using that using that against and I'm uh, there's I'm sure that it doesn't just happen that there's men harassing women I'm sure there's some women harassing some men I'm sure there's some men harassing men or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, because we're human beings here and these things happen. But I think that kind of stuff I would say is bad. There's some definitely other things that's not our business and, you know, other people's things. But if there's someone out there using whatever position they have against people like that, I would say that's really wrong. And there are a few things like that that if genuinely that's a fact that that, that someone's doing that, it just shouldn't be tolerated. It's not cool. No, mm-hmm. not at all. Not at all. And the thing is, you know, I end up working with people that work with him. And I'm like, again, they're not saying this dude is the worst human being on earth. And again, then I have my own personal contact with him twice that we spoke. Mm -hmm. Now, not that he knew who I was from time to time, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But at least he took the time out. So I'm going to get the benefit of the doubt that you can get caught up in things that 
can look yeah. a certain way depends on who's providing the narrative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm not I'm not necessarily saying like that situation. I think with him, from what I saw, I don't really know everything that happened there. Obviously, he would be the boss, and then there would be a young woman in charge, and he's paying and stuff like that. And that's where it crosses into that line. I think the creepiest mm-hmm. stuff is like how they were talking about that black actor. Um, uh, there was a there was a particular actor involved in that. Um, that's in one of those cop shows. I forgot his name now. He's been acting for a long time. I think that guy was acting in soap operas and stuff like that back in the day. Um, someone will probably tell me what the name of uh, is. It Shamar Moore or something like that. One of those actors that they were okay. hmm. that they were talking about him and fetishizing him. You know, in the in, at least in in uh, the video that I saw, and I thought that was kind of weird because the girl said that black dudes are disgusting and then Turan was oh. like you know saying like saying sexual things about the about the black guy that kind of stuff like really when I listened to it I thought this is stuff that I should never hear mm-hmm. and if this actor hurt like if if you have a, a, a school or a training thing and you go there as an actor as a regular person and people fetishize you like that you know and you hear it it's not a good it's not a good thing for you to hear it i know mm-hmm. i understand human beings do that kind of stuff <laughs> you know that's the animal part of us driving us to do um some some things that are weird and 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 bad in that light um but just the fact that it was out there like i would probably go yeah i don't know if I would ever go to that school again, I think if it would have, I think if they were talking about Keanu Reeves, we would know more about it. it would be a bigger thing. I also yeah. think well, it just, I think kind of the issue here is too, it's just, it's more of a, a level of judgment. It's not like the way that right. some of these things were filmed were, was in secret. So it's one thing for somebody to film in secret and then try to reveal that. And then you'll mm-hmm. know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's another of like, when you see somebody filming something, it's like, should you really be talking about yeah. stuff? It's you like you're, want yeah, that to like you're violating. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand this level of trust, or I don't understand like dudes sending pictures of like their pri- their junk or things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, who thinks that this is a good idea to like do stuff like that, especially with somebody that's not like. It's one thing to do something with like your spouse, but to do something with like strangers, like it's like you trust somebody enough that you're going to say these things on film, or do certain things with somebody and let them take pictures. Like that's a little bit crazy. Like. That, that almost makes me question the judgment in a different way. It's like, come on, man. Like, you got to know better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, my way. problem is... Go ahead, go ahead, Tony. <clears throat> well, my wife is one of those people that fetishizes Shamar more. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Like, well, he's hanging out with celebrities. It's, yeah. it's natural that they're going to talk yeah. about, like, oh, man, this... This like uh you know Halle Berry yeah. look great or Keanu Reeves look right. awesome. Night so it's Tra- it's natural. I would think that they yeah. would talk about N- stuff like that. Um, Night you know, Train you don't want says, to, again not, not on tape. <laughs> yeah, Night Train said it's called locker room talk. You know here here's my thing. So that conversation with Trump that they recorded that was locker room talk for sure. He was yep. so far as I know mm-hmm. he was not talking specifically about anyone right. He was just saying a thing. That's dudes, locker room talk. I'm with that. Mm -hmm. I think the situation with Shamar Moore going out and training somewhere and then those people recording a video where they're saying stuff about him and fetishizing him in that manner, 
that getting that's pretty uh there's a lot of things that were that were kind of creepy and disgusting i think in that one the girl saying that black guys are disgusting i don't know what her deal is there that she you know that she got on that but hey that's what she said and she's mm-hmm. welcome to that feeling if that's whatever her particular thing is um and then that's just why then, i don't that's why i don't have sex with him yeah <laughs> yeah dudes are pretty disgusting um you know and then, I'm not and then women tolerated yeah and then just the whole just the whole just like the whole thing was creepy and most of it i felt like man i just don't this should never be a thing that i see exactly <laughs> well you know, it was, again it was the difference was the difference between the two is one was a person that didn't know they were being recorded and was just being you know talking like you know people do uh, off the cuff and then the other person knew they were being recorded but they still spoke off the cuff and it's like never what no yeah, yeah big no. big lesson is when you're doing if you whatever you're doing don't let people have access to your phone like that don't have your phone on the cloud and everything from your phone is going um to the cloud and then you know yeah delete stuff immediately <laughs> mm-hmm. even if for some reason you have to do that you got to delete it man because that cloud you know what i'm saying uh and I, honestly it's, you, it's, you need to be you need to be careful nowadays because you can't trust anybody and anybody is willing to use any any leverage that they can to destroy your reputation or to get something from you to blackmail you especially yeah. if you're in a position of prominence yeah. i mean it's not like the, the look there's legitimacy but behind the me too movement Ironically, a lot of it that we're seeing is from the side that started the entire mess that they're exposing themselves, which that's usually how these things are. It's you accuse your enemies of what you're actually doing yourself to hide hide your own sins. But uh, but there's a lot of people that take advantage of that, too. I'm sure that mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, men and women, mm-hmm. since, you know, people nowadays, everything can go either direction. But mm-hmm. they try to entrap people and say, like, right. well, this is a rich person. I can mm-hmm. get them into a position where I can harass them. That's why you see some celebrities, when they take selfies, they won't touch the other person. They'll like put their arm like mm-hmm. where they're not making physical contact because they're like, I don't even want any sort of, uh, you know, impropriety to be, you know, accused of here. Uh, Mike Pence uh, famously would not have uh, dinners yeah, or Ke- meetings with women uh, alone because it's like, like I don't that. want anybody to to yeah. question it now that's that's more of an extreme countermeasure but it's mm-hmm. the same reasoning it's like you know i kind of just don't trust people nowadays mm-hmm. so yeah i think keanu yeah. reeves is like that also if I'm yeah he is keanu yeah, reeves he, is the he, king of the hover hand yeah he yep. is the king of the hover hand yeah. i'm not touching you i'm not touching <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. yeah um now of all the things that happens my freaking light goes dead <laughs> and the lighting was perfect yeah it was it was oh. it was pretty good I got to figure out. I thought out Hank how to... was going to get into his quiet storm mode and start speaking oh, really softly yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just my my uh my light here, my light runs on a battery and I didn't charge it, so. This is when the disco ball turns on over yeah. the, uh-huh. the I have the soft music comes on. <laughs> do, 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 yeah, do, I have a bunch do, of other lights. Do, Let me look here. This is getting crazy. This is getting crazy now. Yeah, you guys just keep talking. You guys just L- keep Lola talking. gets embarrassed. She's like, "You're not supposed to show that mode." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. This is Hank. This is Hank in a quiet storm, and I'm coming to you with the smoothest music at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, let's talk about something cool, dude. Because I really yeah, don't want absolutely. to talk about that. No, um, <clears throat> yeah. Let, you know what? I got well, a chance. To... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you hit us with uh, it. 
I got a chance to shoot the Alien Largo uh, signature edition uh, at one of the last uh, diversity shoots. And that was great. Uh, we got one of my guys there who comes in with just the coolest stuff. And um, that thing is really on point. I mean, it is a great competition pistol. It has very little recoil, but at $5,000, mm-hmm. um, one of the ladies from A Girl and a Gun came through, Sandy, and she had a uh, CZ Sport 2. And that is just amazing. And it was really funny because she bought her friend who also shoots with her and a business partner. And she had a uh, Zev Glock 34. And it's funny when you compared the three of those guns, it was like high point Glock and something high end. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it was just that much of a difference between them as you shot them. Um, but I was really impressed by all three, you know, because these are firearms that have a minimum MSRP of like what, seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. I wouldn't, have, if I wasn't hosting diversity shoot, I doubt if I'd have them all, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or get a chance to fire them all. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and Smith and Wesson came through and had, uh, the Smith and Wesson shield plus. So I got to that? run. I liked it. I liked the Smith and Wesson shield and this thing has of course, you know, 12 rounds in it. So it's barely wider. So for a concealed carry piece, it's pretty accurate. Um, we introduce people to firearms at our events and I try to keep the targets closer just so they can have, you know, achieve hitting the bullseye, uh, putting it out further. It's negativity. I want positive reinforcement with their first time shooting a gun. So -hmm. when somebody brings me, a firearm on the line. I'm not going to move the target to put a fresh target up. So what I try to do is this thing I saw years ago, which is put a bullet in a bullet, you know, put a, put a hole in a hole just to see how uh, accurate or precise I can shoot a firearm. It was pretty good. I was able to get a really small cluster at seven or eight yards with uh, the Smith and Wesson plus for something being that small that my hand just dwarfs it. But I was able to get my hand completely around the pistol with a really good firing grip. And I think for something that small, that weighs like 21, 22 ounces and holds that amount of rounds, I think it's a pretty good choice. I mean, Smith & Wesson just upgraded their uh, shield, which is a number one seller. Until, We're you good, know, Lola. Six- sorry, sorry. Lola's, <laughs> yeah, no messing around. Until Lola's messing around with too much stuff back here. Sorry. If I don't <laughs> say something, she'll keep... Came out. Huh? Yeah. Uh, she'll keep messing with it? Yeah. Okay, Lola, you're going to unplug that thing? Okay, this is so funny. I wish I had video right now yeah there's so many cables or whatever uh all over the place here lola's trying to climb in and out of the van and and produce stuff or whatever my apologies for that okay you're telling us about the the badass guns you're messing around with well the badass guns were cool the badass guns were cool but most of us not going to shoot those for real Mm -hmm. i mean you'll stumble across it every now and again but uh smith and wesson came through and Mm -hmm. they had to they had that and then sig actually showed up at our event and they had the 365 and i say this often we're in the golden age of firearms dude mm-hmm. like we're in it uh, if you remember when we were young i don't know if you were in the guns back then but i was they were like two maybe concealed carry pistols one was the walter ppk and the other one was like um dang what was that expensive c c uh I forgot the name. C-Camp. C-Camp. 
Oh, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember the stuff like in New York was like the Jimenez and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, like, I don't 20, mean that. 25. <laughs> it you might know? shoot, it might not. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, the, it, there are a lot of, we're spoiled for choice, for sure. We're, and we're the price, the price is not expensive. Like, the C-Camp mm-hmm. costs probably, it was high. I mean, like, like $1,000 high back in the 80s. And then maybe you had something like the Teutonics, which you only saw pretty much on Miami Vice and in gun magazines. You never saw at the range. Mm-hmm. So, but now we have guns that anyone can carry, um, mm-hmm. that are user friendly, that are really, really dependable. Mm-hmm. And for a price tag of around $500 or less, depending on what you get. Yep. With, yeah, with night that, sights, with night sights and optic ready in a lot of cases. Yeah, the yeah. The, the ammo <laughs> has come up. Uh, three eighty is not what it. You know, three eighty is improved. Nine millimeter is improved. Uh, holster tech, like everything that goes along with it, has come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now yeah. we're in, we got three D printing that you can make your own guns at home through mm-hmm. trial and error. Bruh, mm-hmm. yep. this this. This is why we need to, I mean, I'm going to slip in advocacy, but that's why we, as a whole, need to get into advocacy and make gun control poisonous to any political party. Because we have the ability to produce guns that are affordable for everyone, regardless of where you live. Affordable and dependable, that's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. That, that's a thing we haven't been able to do until now. Yeah, yeah, that's something that's something that Joe and I, I, I'm sure you've heard us harp on this a lot of times, Tony, that, uh, like you said, we're in the golden age and it comes with not just the gun technology, but even the entertainment. Like, I know a lot of people harp on sometimes, well, some gun tubers don't do enough advocacy. They don't talk about this stuff or, or the political stuff. I was like, they don't, but they also have millions of people that may have never been into guns at all, let alone the Second Amendment. And, and I know there's a difference between gun enthusiasts, gun owners, and Second Amendment advocates. It gets smaller. That group gets smaller the uh, the further you move in that direction. But, uh, I mean, to say that a lot of young people didn't get into guns because of, uh, you know, watching like Coleone or Demo Ranch or uh, Iraq Veteran or, you know, Kentucky Ballistics, all those guys growing up. Um, you know, I was into their videos, uh, you know, big time uh, when I really got into guns and they kind of normalize guns. They make the culture seem fun, friendly and approachable. Um, they do crazy things, but they show that they can be safe. Um, and uh, I think it just it was a very positive spin on guns that I think we didn't see before. And obviously content that you've you've created, uh, Hank, over the years, it's the same. It's the same. I think that the gun tuber community uh, even if they're not explicitly being, I think it would benefit if if everyone talked about the Second Amendment and the history and all that stuff. I think it, especially with those platforms, but I think the exposure alone has done so much to help and it helps the gun companies too because there's nothing like a channel showing off your gun. That's basically free advertisement. Even if you give them the gun and the ammo, that's a lot less than paying for magazine spreads that would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars or you know, however much it costs to get a TV spot. And now channels won't give you that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to get your product out there and, and to expose yourself and expose the community. And I think we've never seen anything like that before. And that's why there's so much desperation on the anti-gun side that they're willing to use tactics that they've never used before because they understand that they're now dealing with a Second Amendment community that's never existed before. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, I don't know if Tony wanted to chime in there, but... 
I think that everyone doesn't have to play the same part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, it, it's kind of like it's counterproductive. Everyone needs to play yep. a different part. So there are definitely folks out there who are more popular because they make the videos that are more fun and popular, right? And mm-hmm. so that's not the heavy, serious stuff, like when you're talking about Second Amendment rights and all that kind of stuff, or even really getting nerdy about the guns or getting into details of the guns, right? The the, the masses of people are going to want to see the fun stuff, and that's their introduction. That's how they get hooked on it. And then as they get in deeper, if they want to get more nerdy into things and find out, well, why is this like this, or what's the best thing for me to do, they'll dig deeper. And then... As that goes on, at some point, they'll realize, hey, I've got to fight for these rights, etc. So we're all kind of playing a part here, and it's all really um, important, mm-hmm. I think. It bothered me uh, when... It, now, now, understand, I got into this for real in 2012. Mm-hmm. But I was a gun owner, or, or I, I joined the NRA in like 86, bro. I was like 16 because we were required to be on our school's air rifle team. Mm-hmm. So, so I can say I joined the NRA freaking 20 years, 30 years before I ever decided to be an advocate. Mm-hmm. So I think it's unfair when we put the pressure on new gun owners to immediately become a, sec- a second amendment advocate. I think that's very unfair. Um, but it did bother me for a while that all of these popular gun tubers would make money off of the second amendment but wouldn't support it wouldn't even like throw on a shirt that belonged to a second amendment group because they're like oh i'd lose followers and i'm like brah if these laws pass you're going to lose the ability to earn money mm-hmm. and you know as i got more into it and, and and i still a little peeved by it when people who didn't do this up until like two years ago and i'm like where the hell were you you had, you know, two million subs, and all of a sudden now you care about Second Amendment advocacy when we couldn't get a peep out of you before. But that's kind of, um, I you guess, can't fa- you can't immature. fake passion. You can't fake passion if they don't have the mm-hmm. passion that you have, Tony. I mean, we, yeah. we're all choosing our lane here, and yours is based on who you are as a man, as a human being, where your passions come from, and all that. And yes, it's not super sexy to everyone. And you know what? It really sucks that everyone doesn't support you. I mean, everyone who's interested in guns in the Northeast should be supporting you, right? Definitely the people in New Jersey. And yes, for sure, the big guys out there who are making the money should some should figure out a way to support you as well. Right. Even if they don't want to put out the message, they can support the messenger. That's one of the things that, and I was like, no, everybody can't do this. Everyone has their own lane. And if you Mm -hmm. really aren't in the advocacy, believe me, I hate politics. I say it almost every show, uh, every one of my podcasts, I hate politics, but I know what this involves because I I live on the cutting edge of the anti-gun movement here in Jersey. Like the things that people are seeing now have been the law in Jersey for 10, 15 years. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm fighting hard because the things that are successful here gets exported. So that's why I'm doing what I do. But it's not everybody's job yeah. to be an advocate. And, yeah. and, and it took me a minute to get there because I guess – you know, when, when Pete Brownell took over for the presidency of NRA, he brought in a whole bunch of YouTubers. And I was like, all right, well, maybe these guys can do something. But the minute he stepped down, a lot of them bailed, too. Yeah, and I'm well, like, oh, he didn't have enough time, man. If, if mm-hmm. we um, how can I how can I put this and still because I mean, I'm, I'm cool with Brownells. And I think that mm-hmm. there's not, I'm not, I don't I'm think, not 
there's nothing wrong. I'm not pooping on anybody. Yeah, no, not there's nothing. On anybody. No, there is nothing negative in it. But um, the truth of what happened there is timing. Like Pete, basically, that all of that stuff happened in the, in a very short space of time. Like l- maybe at the, yeah, maybe three months. It yeah, happened it was, in it was, a super short period of bam. time. And he was going in the right direction. He really would have needed more time. But, and, and I, you know, I'm not speaking for him, right? I think he could speak for himself. Um, and Brownells could definitely speak for themselves. I think that what happened is that once that happened, he start, they started doing the right thing. They started going in the right direction. It was the right thing to bring in um, these other content creators out there, especially the ones who were passionate um, about the Second Amendment. The problem is, at the same time, everyone started discovering the NRA is up to bullshit. <laughs> yep. yep. So the best thing he could do is go, nope, no thanks, I'm out. My man, my man said eject, 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 and pull, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and he was smart. Um, my thing was some of the people that were passionate about it, they finally cut loose and they were able to do things. And, I, and I'm happy for that. I'm happy mm-hmm. that Second Amendment advocacy became of, of, to the forefront of a lot of mm-hmm. channels because a lot of people didn't know. And then when uh, Coleon just stepped well into the, the you know batter's box and started talking about mm-hmm. 2A advocacy, I think that was really a great thing. And, and it grew. I mean, the advocacy thing grew. Myself, Maj Torre, and um, Smith, I forgot, uh, he, he, NAGA, uh, National African American mm-hmm. Gun Association. We all started in 2015. All of us started in February of 2015 mm-hmm. uh, in the advocacy thing. And I think that was good. And I think that was in part because the culture came to the forefront. Uh, this is one of the busiest times. This is more 2A advocates out there than ever before. And, and we have the technology now that you can do a podcast with a cell mm-hmm. phone and a pair of headphones mm-hmm. and get information out there. So I'm yeah. really thankful for the way it went. Uh, my attitude has changed a lot. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not drinking a haterade now on all these gun channels <laughs> because again, you're, you're like, always like entitled to drink a little bit of the haterade <laughs> and spike it, you know, with <laughs> with something. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, until cool you got to sip haterade just to stay on point. <laughs> you got to drink a haterade just to stay on point. Just a little bit. Yeah, but uh, I, I think it was great um, because it opened up some doors, and now there are more podcasts, there are more people interested. I mean, I have Patreon that have people donating, and and I think it's cool because when I first started this, it was my paycheck, mm-hmm. any overtime I worked, and that's how I pay for the diversity shoot. Mm-hmm. And when Maj called me up and was like, "Tony, man, you you got to go and ask people for money," I, that made me uncomfortable because this is my passion, like you said. And, and, and going, yeah, this is the fight I'm fighting. How do I ask anyone for money and to help fund it? Mm-hmm. And it worked. And I mean, I know your relationship with Yankee Marshall isn't the best, but he stepped mm-hmm. in and was like, look, I'll help you out. And he was able to almost triple the amount of money I had coming in when I was working with him. Just mm-hmm. because, you know, and then people found out they couldn't win a gun every month and they, they backed out. But I still have a core group. I still have enough money coming in that I'm not nervous when I go into a new venue and go, oh, my God, I hope I have enough to you know pay for gas to get home at the end of this event. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because of Patreons and that's because of YouTubers stepping out and, and becoming 2A advocates or stepping into the 2A advocacy game. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate. Um, I'm just happy for it because I know I stumbled into advocacy only after I became an instructor. And New Jersey had, I think it was 86 anti-gun bills the day after Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
like like <laughs> you look at something like that as a gun owner, you like what the how do you have dozens of anti-gun bills? Mm-hmm. And they did. And and the fight has to be with us. And I think slowly every state's waking up with their 2A sanctuary counties, 2A sanctuary states, um, and also getting people off their asses and actually participating, going to town hall meetings. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very important. And I'm glad you and others cover it because people go, what do I do and how do I help? I mean, that's a huge question. I know all three of us get it. What mm-hmm. do I do mm-hmm. and how do I help? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's better than nothing. So, because in the 80s, 90s, there was mm-hmm. nothing, bro. There was nothing comparatively. I think, I think that, um, you know, one of the things I would say is that um, it like it really depends on what kind of what side of the spectrum you're on. Right. <laughs> you know, to use some language that maybe people don't like out there, but there, it is a spectrum. Now, if you are an advocate to me of the Second Amendment of, of what's going on here, what we're doing you're it's almost a religion. This has to be something you believe in, you have passion for, and you're going to have to sacrifice, right? So now the thing is, is that if this is if this is a mission that's really important to you, it's never, ever going to be sexy. Ultimately, in the world, because of how the world is and because of how people are, you know, that's not sexy. So if you want to be a rock star, it's real easy. Rock star path. You know what I'm saying? You can easily go and take and choose to take that rock star path. And if you do the right things, you, you know, you'll build something out of that. I'm not saying you'll be the top rock star, you know, but you'll build something out of that because a lot, a lot of it's real simple. If you look at the people who are the most popular, that have the biggest uh, numbers out of the new guys, if you look at the older, the old school guys who were doing it a long time ago, they're successful because when they started doing this stuff um, in YouTube or social media, there wasn't a lot of people doing it at all. So they were so everyone was following them and looking at them. But once everyone flooded into this, which is a good thing, for the folks who are coming along now that are successful, they have to stick to those patterns, right? They have to do these specific things. You see them doing the same kind of videos. I'm not knocking it. This is how the algorithm works and how it is, right? To build like no one even cares about your subscribers anymore. The algorithm definitely doesn't care how many subscribers you have one way or the other so in order for those people to be successful they have to keep doing the same things this is just what it is right this is how you get all the big views this is how you make the money this is how you get the companies to to uh to send you stuff or whatever it is that's the reality but if you're if you're functioning i think on um the advocacy side of it it's never going to be sexy to people until they get the shit scared out of them yeah it you isn't know? yeah it is so, so and, and then and when they wake up <laughs> when they wake up hopefully they'll do the right thing they'll join groups that actually yeah. are effective right because that that that's a waste of time and money too. join groups that are effective and i mean i'm gonna throw it out there join your local group Mm-hmm. Join your state group because at least you can go to those meetings and see what they're about. You mm-hmm. can actually talk to people that are near you. When you could mm-hmm. join a national group, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just putting this out there, mm-hmm. you don't know where the money goes. It's it's kind of like donating to the uh, uh, United Way. You kn- Yeah, okay, you donated to the United Way, but they divvy that up how they want to. Or you donated mm-hmm. to the Red Cross, and they divvy that up like they want to. When you donate to your local group, Mm-hmm. You know the fight that they're going to be in. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be in your state. That's how 
you should do it. And also, you know, the diversityshoot.com can also use your money. Yeah. But um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but it, it, it's really like donate to people that are actually putting in work. And like, how do you know? Then donate to people closest to you. Yeah. And, and you know, you can go look and you go, you know what? I don't like the way they're handling their money. I've had conversations with him. I don't dig it. I gave him $35 for the year, but now I'm out. I'm going to go look for someone else in my local area. And I think that's a good thing. I, I think um, for a long time, everyone relied on the NRA. There was just one monolithic, and still, right up to now, it's still in effect. NRA probably has the most money when it comes to advocacy, um, sitting in their coffers at least, right? And mm -hmm. they get to manage that however they want to. And for a long time, it doles out to whoever whoever their friends are and all that kind of stuff. So maybe there was a time if you came along and you're an advocate and you you know you made your bones, you built your your network or whatever, and you did things and people saw it, they might say, "Oh, here we'll go." But the reality is, there's so much going on that that's not really functioning the way that that it should be functioning because if you do have a big organization like that what they should be doing with the money is looking for like folks out there the folks are relying on them and giving them money the companies are giving them money they go hey let's see who's out there fighting let's uh let's help these people out and funnel some of that money in their direction so they see the work that you're doing in new jersey for example and they go this guy's for real he's been doing it for a while we can see what's going on here let's help this guy out right the, the, the thing is, is that, one, that's not happening right now with what's, what's, what's currently going on. And two, they never, they wanted to own everyone. You know, they wanted to have that ultimate control everyone over everyone that they dealt with. That's what's coming back to them now. So hopefully we're going into a brave new world where people could fund you directly. You know? Yeah, because um, I've... I've, I've... I've been approached by people that want to sponsor me mm -hmm. and send me stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. like, look, if your stuff sucks, I'm not using it. And I'm not going to do a review on it that's positive mm -hmm. because I'm introducing many people to this thing, like mm -hmm. 40, 50 at a time. Now, multiple times a month, these people are going to use this tool maybe to save their lives. Mm -hmm. And if you're selling garbage, I am not co-signing on it. You can't write me a check big enough i'm totally willing to sell out but none of you people got pockets deep enough for me to sell out yeah i mean i, I know my mercenary heart and believe me you better bring a lot of zeros mm -hmm. and it's not this stuff we'll give you free ammo or a free gun yeah i have people showing up with firearms all the time i don't need your free gun you've got bills to pay man in in <clears> order for you to kick up what you're doing to the next level you need to do serious stuff right you need like you need like a facility that you could do things out of. You need people to come in and take on hats and do stuff for you. Um, Night Train says something here that I want to comment on. He says, in my local area, the gun rights organizations that I that I joined is basically a FUD club, and so uh -huh. the solution to that is people like Tony, people like Maj, uh, other folks. If you like Coleon Noir, man, I I think Coleon's doing a good a good job out there, right? The best mm -hmm. money NRA ever spent is the money they spent on Coleon Noir, in my personal opinion, right? Because he, you know, he was able to get out there and build something, and because he's genuinely passionate about um, about this, he's st he's stuck in this. I I guarantee you that that guy could go off and do anything, and and make a really good go of it. But his passion is what's keeping him in it, um, you know. 
So well, he does he does his card videos, but you still see he can never escape. Yeah, he can't escape. Away. No, yeah, <laughs> nope. I feel I feel the same way. So the thing is, th- this whole thing that's happening, this phenomenon of social media, and then guys like Tony being able to do this do what he's doing means that you don't have to be in New Jersey to support him. You could just, you could see this on wherever he goes, whoever it is, including some idiots that uh, we all recognize universally as being idiots. (laughs) You know, everyone could go out there and support him and help move him forward in whatever way that they're, that they're capable of doing that. This is the new way, but we, we, we're going to have to work hard to build it up because ultimately if, if there were, if the, if NRA was still the, or it, let's say NRA handled everything properly, they didn't do anything wrong, and everyone was giving them their money and all that kind of stuff, we would still be in the position of they get to choose who the winners are. This new way is decentralized. So the people yeah. who should get to choose who the winners are are all you folks who are out there listening to this, uh, watching this or whatever. You get to choose who you like, what their message is. You're like, hey, I like this person. I'm going to help keep them in this game. And that's just what it is. Now, everyone's not going to survive. Everyone's not going to make it. But I look at it the way I look at hip hop. I don't, you know, listen, I listen to the new young people out here who are doing stuff, if it's catchy or whatever, but I don't respect them the way that I do the guys who I grew up around who actually built up hip hop music and all that kind of stuff, right? And they never made a lot of money or whatever, but they built this thing and really got the scars and made the sacrifices and all that. And a lot of the young people out there nowadays don't even know who the hell they are, but... yeah. I still appreciate them, and that's how crazy is it? Will be how crazy is it that Black Rob like couldn't even afford to be buried? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like dudes that that were '90s hip hop, and and it's like, yeah. I mean, like like when I think of hip hop, when I think when you say Black Rob, I just hear get smack silly, gets you know. I just hear (laughs) all that kind of stuff, and yes, but that's real. You know, um, that's that's like the real artistry, the real soul, the real passion. Those guys connected to the universe, but they and and they got a little bit of fame and some money, and they probably mismanage it and blah blah blah, blah all that kind of stuff. And just to think, the actual talent that those guys had compared to talent that's out there now, this is the way of the world. <laughs> it is. So I look at what I do, and I look at what Ro does, and it's. I, I feel it's um, guerrilla warfare almost, like mm-hmm. like oh, we yeah. are, are small mobile units that do our thing, that can host our podcast from somewhere, mm-hmm. that, that, that can speak on what we believe in mm-hmm. and bring other people with us that aren't stereotypical gun owners, that, mm-hmm. that opens that door and welcomes people that would not have been welcomed or, mm-hmm. or even have access to what we say 20 years ago or even mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Because mm-hmm. now it's just so easy. So many different programs allow me to do this and bring people in. And I'm very, very grateful for it. I'm on podcasts. I'm going to be going to uh, Omaha in uh, July or June. I forget which one. Uh, but I'm going there to end working with the Nebraska Gun Owners Association, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to be with Kevin Dixie on, on Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a, uh, what, 45-minute class on advocacy there. Can't wait I, to see I, it. I, yeah, I do hmm. two different. I mean, I, I, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in two different ranges in Jersey. This is growing. People want me all through the East Coast, but you have to understand, I have to be able to pay for me going down there. I have to pay for replacing the ammo. Um, this is not 
free. This is not free. And I also, because I talked to uh, uh, Ken, Ken Blanchard, he was like, look, when you're doing this advocacy thing, understand you still have a family you have to support, you have to spend time with. You cannot spend every waking hour doing this 2A stuff because sooner or later, people are going to stop donating or you're not going to get as much money as you think and you won't be able to afford it. Now you're going to be sacrificing family time and your relationship for this advocacy that can walk away and leave you at any moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, this did mm-hmm. this dude did nationwide book tours. You have to be selfish. You have to be selfish sometimes. You owe it to yourself and your family. Who say wants to know what is Tony's diversity shoot Patreon? Go ahead and. Uh, oh, it's uh, the Two A Four E podcast. That that's where you can find me on Patreon. Yeah, and it, it's really great. I just put out a podcast. What Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. um, and and it's called Rise Up, and it's just about us learning on our own and not just drinking the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. And regardless who it comes from, even even pro gun groups, it's like, look, some of their stuff is definitely funding. Yeah. Sometimes they cause a panic just to get you to reach in your pocket. Take a moment out and go wait. Every damn thing in an emergency. This ain't the super friends, man. Calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can afford to donate yeah. what you can donate, but donate to people mm-hmm. that are actually in the fight. Yeah. Lots of people and, and use that strategy, by the way, not just the NRA. There's, oh, there's, some, yeah. there's some in, individuals out there using that strategy. I, I would agree with what uh, Ken Blanchard uh, told you. I think that um, I try to practice that, man. I... You know, I don't like we're all making sacrifices and not being with our family. And on the flip side of that, you have to like put this aside sometimes and be with your family and be there with especially your wife. Right. You know, you need to spend time with that's to me. That's the most important person in my life uh, is Lola. And I try to spend time with her and do stuff. And I try to be selfish sometimes. and, And that's why I don't hide things from people like I know there's some people that want me to pretend like I'm dead broke and I can't you know I, I'm not gonna look starving to you guys <laughs> unless I'm for real starving so I do do things for myself and for my family but at the same time yes ultimately anyone doing this is making a massive sacrifice to do this um, especially when they're folks like us who look at it and know like hey all I have to do is follow this formula and just keep doing this particular thing here all the time and don't uh, annoy the gods of YouTube by talking about uh, politics and all that kind of stuff and getting the algorithm to, to go against me or whatever. You know, it's up to the people to do it. But at the same time, I agree with what Maj is saying. Like, hey, when a certain time comes and people really aren't getting behind this, then I'm just going to be out. And people could be mad if they want to be mad or whatever, but I know I put in I put my time in and I would say that goes for all of us, for everyone who's genuinely mm-hmm. whose intentions are genuine for what they're doing. If your intentions are genuine, then, you know, you will reap the rewards. If you don't reap it here, you know, you I think you'll you'll reap it somewhere else. But ultimately, man, you know, I, I feel the same way like Marsh. When that time comes, I had to make tough choices and be like, hey. I did. I fought as much as I could possibly fight. If other people didn't get into it or appreciate it or whatever, it just wasn't good enough. Maybe some other person can step up uh, and take the mantle up and mm-hmm. uh, convince people better than me. Yep, because that's it. I know what I'm doing is finite. Um, I know I have a time frame that I'm be able to do this. So I'm hoping because of the outreach I do that uh, across every 
demographic mm-hmm. that somebody will be 2A4E, the next mm-hmm. generation. So mm-hmm. that means someone Hispanic, someone Asian, someone gay, someone I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a friend out in California and he wanted to do it and he met the optic and we were talking about doing that and he passed away, which really sucked. Um, mm-hmm. But I have people and, and this sucks, too, because of the diversity shoot. And I'll just put it out there because I don't hide crap. They're white guys that want to help me. They they want to run it in their area. But I'm like, brah, when you're talking about diversity issues, the optic is important, too, as as as, as sad as it sounds mm-hmm. and almost as racist as it sounds. You standing up a diversity shoot, the second is for everyone, but being a middle-aged white guy with the flannel shirt and the, and the, and the trucker hat is not going to bring in people that look like me or Ro at the same rate as if one of us were doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because people, when they first get into something, yeah, I, I they want to speak when it looks like them. Yeah, I think yeah. I understand that. But, you know, people can't help who they are. Just like, yeah. you know, we can't, like, mm-hmm. this is the skin that we were born in. And everyone has the skin that they were born in. And I think that a lot of those guys who genuinely want to help, they're on that same side. Like, hey, I want to help. And I'll stand up and do this, but I can't make the black peoples, the Latino peoples, I can't make them come over here. I could say this Mm -hmm. is for everyone. I could be welcoming to everyone. But if people look at me as the white dude and go, I don't know. Yes, this is the problem we have as human beings. As human beings. It's, yeah, we're like... We're like crabs in a barrel, and it's really, really tough to climb out the freaking barrel without, you know, getting at the other crabs, right? Well, yeah, I, this I, is I, why... I, let me let Ro... Go go for it, Ro. Yeah, go, Ro. Oh, yeah. well, kind of to go back on kind of what Ken Blanchard said, there was also something when he did uh, one of his podcasts that he talked about. If you can find somebody who can be a partner with you in this fight, uh, embrace that. So, you know, I, I'm kind of unique that... I get to do this with my wife, Hank, you get to work with Lola, you know, on the show and things like that. So I think it, it helps. I, I'm extremely blessed that Johanna is my partner in this. Cause in the beginning it was me kind of getting into this with my passion. She always supported me. And then she got inspired to, to come along and she's had a lot of success in bringing in people that I would never attract or anything like that. And I think that being a, a married couple that openly talks about this and, you know, Obviously, being Hispanic, that can help. It's something different. Uh, the things that we talk about, how even we have, you know, the things in the background of our of our room here, uh, it makes a difference. And it helps that you can have somebody there that's your partner. Uh, you know, Johanna and I keep each other balanced. We can pull each other back, you know, when we get really upset about stuff, either in politics or, um, you know, in, in advocacy and, and keep each other grounded. And it's great to have somebody there, you know, when we travel. Uh, we're always there together to back each other up and experience those things together. So mm-hmm. uh, it helps if you if you have a spouse that can get into it and is willing to help you out and jump into that. It makes it easier, too, when you have to make the sacrifices because, you know, you're doing it as a team and that they understand what that you're in it together. So they know, yeah, I know the BS that you're going through. I know the sacrifices that we have to make and the politics that we have to get involved in or the people that we have to deal with that are like sketch you know, like politicians or sponsors and things like that. So uh, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great to have uh, Joe there with me uh, every yeah. step of the way. That is, that's yeah, always it, a good thing. It is great, mm-hmm. dude, because uh, I have good people that work with me, but they're not dedicated to working with me. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's cool because, again, they're putting their time in. They're asking me for help. Um, this particular dude, I, I, 
It's confidence also in the fact that if I go out, can I host an event in a state I'm not from? How many people do I go in and, and bring in and put butts in seats if we don't do prep work before the event? Because it's not like I can do, you know, four radio shows in Oklahoma uh, without somebody setting that up in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so that takes work. Uh, the thing going on in Nebraska, that's going to be them putting in the work prior to me showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll in on a Friday. I'm going to do radio shows that whole day. We're going to do the show on Saturday. And then we'll probably do more radio shows on Sunday. But uh, that's going to be a real working weekend for me. And I have to trust that the people are setting it up are going to do the work that this thing will keep going after I leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's a lot. Uh, me rolling in the PA. I tried to roll into New York earlier. Oh, <sighs> it's like uh, <laughs> the rules in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. One, no handguns. I can't show up with any handguns. You know, there's going to be full metal jacket ammo. Uh, if I bring a firearm at all, I'm like, I'm going with the Henry Lever actions. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what I'm bringing. <laughs> it's a lot. And now, you know, let's not dismiss. I'm coming into the state without a state plates. Um, I'm a black dude. I don't know what, look, I've only been black. So I, I don't know why I get pulled over. You know what I mean? But it's like things could happen and people go, you're being paranoid. Understand my very first diversity shoot was February, 2015. State police showed up at that event. I had four effing people there, bro. And the state police showed up because I'd advertised on mm-hmm. Facebook for mm-hmm. word they of mouth. They keep in track. Yeah. They keep in track. So, so don't tell me they don't because yeah. there were four of us and a cop. <laughs> yeah. What I would like to do, look, uh, and, and, you know, we're over the nine o'clock hour, you know, for, for people listening out there, um, if, if you're a regular person and you support, you support what I do, you support what, what Rolando does and what Tony does, thank you. If you're a company and you support what we all do, thank you. Because there are companies, like someone was asking me about the Franklin Armory hat. Franklin Armory supports me. All the, the companies that you guys see on here that I say, hey, these guys support us. They support me. They support these guys. Thanks to all those people. And I would encourage uh, more companies to support the folks out there and more people to support these guys. If you don't like me, but you like Tony, support him. Yeah. Big, sh- big shout out to High Point, man. High Point's good people. Uh, Barnuals. Um, you know, as well, pretty much the, uh, you know, they, they go hand in hand and they, there are companies and there are people out there who support us and we appreciate that. Uh, shout out to NOC. You're just going to keep switching hats here. I see. Look, we're, we're, we're doing this. What we need is more, what we need is more. And maybe we need people to help tell the folks out there about, uh, more people. I'm not, I think you should have, uh, Marge Teray, Tony Simon, uh, you know, Puerto Rican Pistolero, Hank Strange, Coleon Noir, all the folks out there, someone sitting out there looking at us right now that's thinking about doing it wherever they are. Everyone deserves to be out there. We need to, more of us need to like say, hey, I don't want to be the person out there. So I'm going to help and support the people who mm-hmm. are the people putting their faces out there. So, you know, um, I really appreciate that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go around here and let everyone tell you guys how exactly how you can support them. Uh, and I'm going to start with Rolando. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Simon, Tony Simon and myself, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're the, like, probably barking the loudest here, man. Uh, you know, 
So jump yeah, in there and tell the folks where they can find you. Go ahead. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Puerto Rican Pistolera on all the major socials except for Facebook, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find my wife at Latina Locked and Loaded. Together we're the Locked and Loaded Latinos. We have a YouTube channel and a podcast every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's a great time. It's about two hours long, and we basically go mostly about 2A, but we talk a lot about pop cultural issues, political rants, and things like that. So, uh, And obviously, it's my wife and I, and occasionally we have guests on. So come check us out. Yeah, what can people do to support your show, though? Do you guys have any? Oh, we have a, yeah, we have a, a subscribe star that you can check out. Uh, it's linked in all of our videos and Cash App if you're into that kind of stuff like the young folks are. So Okay, very nice. Thank you. All right, Tony, uh, hit the people up out there. Uh, I know you got a lot of stuff, so go for it. All right, well, I do a couple of different podcasts. I do, of course, the 2A4E podcast. That's the second is for everyone. And you can support that through Patreon or even go to diversityshoot.com and donate to our PayPal. Even a dollar a month is great because, again, it takes the pressure off. I know I can pay for stuff when I get that check. Um, The other thing I also host is um, self-defense. I'm on self-defense radio network uh, with... Hey, what's the name of my show, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what was it? Self Defense Stories? It's Friday. Uh, it's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> we're, part, we're part of the Self Defense Radio Network, too. Yeah, Self Defense yeah. Stories. All right. Yeah. 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 Civilian Self Defense Stories, Gun Stories, something like that. I'm sorry, but my brain Man, is all fast. He's, like, right he's like Jamaican. He's partly Jamaican. He has too many freaking jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on the Firearms Radio Network on the Gun and Gear Review podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if you guys want to help out, that's great. Um, this is a passion of mine. I've been in the firearm since I was a child. Um, I competed. Uh, I still compete every now and again. I even hosted my own competition called the Minuteman Challenge. So, yes, I'm definitely into this. I want to make the second uh, grow. Um, I'm willing to go to other states uh, to put work in, and that's what I'm going to do. So I appreciate any help I can get. This is my thing. Um I, I don't talk about it much, but I am a Christian and I, it was really hard that first year. You know, I used up all of my everything to do what I did. And uh, when I was in Georgia at the NRA, I went and visited the Martin Luther King Jr. You know, historical site and, and watched the movie that it talked about black, you know, civil rights movement. And I prayed. I prayed that I did the right thing. I actually prayed to God that this wasn't my ego. You know what I mean? This wasn't some narcissistic urge that what I was doing was pure. And the reason I was doing it was was to for future generations and for this country. And I really felt that I did the right thing and I'm doing the right thing. So that's where I'm at. That's why I ask for funding for people that really want to make a difference because I really want to make a difference. So if you want to help out diversityshoot.com, you can donate there. And thank you for any support, including sharing me on your social media. Share us on the social media, man. That helps. That gets word out. Yep. That grows in your circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had one of our listeners actually uh, find out about Tony's diversity shoot from watching our show. Yeah. So, and they were local to him and went to, I think, your last diversity shoot and had a great time. So it was yeah. pretty awesome. Showed up with his entire family. It was great. Yeah. Who there say, says, uh, I signed up for, for uh, Tony's Patreon. Awesome. Hit, yeah, I'll, hit the, I'll hit the applause yeah. for that. You know, um, listen it's there's like a fight going on for the second amendment everywhere um i think it's really really tough in in places like new jersey where tony is um and it really is going to take a lot so 
you know, if you guys do, if you have a way to help him out, please do it. Uh, like you said, even if it's just sharing his stuff on social media, you know, it's all appreciated. It's um, all little one little step forward at a time. That's what we're trying to do here with everything that we do. So uh, with all of that being said, we're going to come back and do words of wisdom. Who wants to hit us with the words of wisdom? Uh, come on. who's Who's got the stuff? You, you want to go with uh, Tony? Rolando, you gotta do or? Tony. You gotta do Tony this yeah. time. I was on last Friday. Okay. <laughs> All right. So cool. So we'll we'll do we'll do Tony when we come back here. I really want to thank you guys for being patient and putting up with us. Big thanks to Franklin Armory for sponsoring the show. Of course, uh, U.S. Law Shields. You guys should go uh, check that out and sign up and uh, protect yourself in case you have to protect yourself. <laughs> um, I would say it's a good thing to do, and we've got some. Uh, we, you know, we can save you a little bit of money. Uh, with that, if you if you want to use the link that we have in the description here, um, I'm going to be right back here in a second. I'm going to run in the end. Here we go. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate all you guys out there, all the people listening to us around the world as well as right here in America. We appreciate you guys. And uh, Mr. Tony Simon, Second Amendment is for everyone. What's your words of wisdom, sir? Oh, wait, hold on one second. Before you hit that, let me get this going here. We got two money, bucks. Money, 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 Armin and money. Armin and Axis. He says, <laughs> hit the money and the clap for this. Nice. Demanding. So demanding. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Sorry, man. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> words of wisdom. Don't even know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to pull this one out. Everyone isn't going to be Martin Luther King Jr., Everyone isn't going to be Malcolm X. Everyone isn't going to be the leader of a civil rights movement, but everyone can assist it by doing their part. Anything from sharing on your social media to downloading our podcast to donating a dollar if you can regularly, a dollar if you can every now and again. Talking about us and being a good representation of a firearm owner, just being a good human being you are, because most of us know to be a firearms owner, you have to pass multiple background checks anyway. Be the decent human you are. Um, go out and do things in your community if you already want to do them. Just slowly let people know that, yeah, you're a gun owner. And, and that person that's been volunteering with the kids' baseball games, kids been volunteering at the soccer game, that EMT. Yeah, it's not a bunch of weirdos that wear flannel, have beards, and love their guns more than children. No, you are stellar people that are part of the community. And you make your communities work. We probably have more volunteers that are gun owners than most people even know about. Be that good human being and just bring more to the table. Don't hate. Don't gatekeep. Don't say if you don't own this, you can't be in our group. Nope. Everyone's welcome. The Second Amendment is for everyone. And make that a part of your life. Don't, don't, uh, well, those people, I don't want them here. No, those people have to be here too. Mm hmm grow the community, welcome people in the community, be a good example of the community. And most of you doing that already. Just keep it up. Just keep up the good work and be awesome because I already know you are. Those are Absolutely. my words of wisdom. Absolutely. Thank you. One last thing, addendum I'm going to add to this. Down the Barrel LLC says, when can we get everyone together for a 2A collaboration? That's kind of like th that message just came in. Listen, we, we've got to talk about it and uh, make something happen. Maybe we could put something together at some point here. We'll all figure that out. So uh, hopefully we will down the barrel. I don't know if you know down the barrel LLC at all. Um, 
So if not, we'll 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 figure that out uh, moving forward. So he he comes in and he drops the he drops this at the last minute. But yes, we'll make something happen. Big thanks to Rolando Puerto Rican Pistolero for coming in here, as well as Tony Simon Two A's for everyone. I appreciate you guys coming in here on a Friday, keeping my energy going, putting up with my shenanigans here. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it, and we will see you guys. Be safe. We're oh everyone's going dark now. Are we going dark now? Is that what it's my Hank? This is my Hank Strange impersonation. No one, no one could do it. Yeah, no one could do it like Rolando. We're out of here. Peace. We're out. There we go.